Hello and welcome to the MJ Cast. It's Saturday, the 12th of September, 2015, and we have got a super-sized show for our listeners today, including lots of news on all things Michael Jackson. We're going to be talking about 14-year-old Peruvian girl covering the way you make me feel in an ancient Incan language, a trailer for Off the Wall 35, the Jacksons going on tour once again, and Janet Jackson expanding her tour to include Japan and a new song called Unbreakable. We'll also be talking about an alternate version of the Dirty Diana short film, a wrap-up of the Catherine Jackson charity event, I Just Can't Stop Loving You, a Latoya Jackson remix EP release, and the 2015 PBS Arts Fall Festival kicks off its fifth season with the televised concert Unity, the Latin tribute to Michael Jackson, and also the Jacksons' next-generation reality TV show starring 3T. All today on this episode of the MJ Cast. The following is a presentation from the MJ Cast, the internet's premier podcast on all things Michael Jackson. You're listening to the MJ Cast by MJ fans or MJ fans. The idea is to uh, innovate, or else why, why am I doing it? When I create my music, I feel like an instrument of nature. You let it create itself, really. I know I do. And I love to entertain. That's that's one of my favorite things. Welcome to the MJ Cast, your source of news and discussion on the King of Pop. Hi everyone, this is Q and thanks for joining us on the MJ Cast today. And hello to Jamin. Come in, Mission Control. I'm back. I'm officially back. Skype's working again. <laughs> it wasn't a while ago. We had some of the biggest technical troubles we've ever had. But at the moment, this is 100% clear. Yeah, it's great. I mean, last, you know, two weeks ago when we did the Brad Sunderberg show, that was, oh, that was a nightmare for, for me because, oh, you know, Skype wasn't working and I was sitting there with my earphones on, able to hear everything. I was able to hear you and, and Dan and hear all of the questions and I could hear Brad and I just wanted to talk and ask questions as well, but I couldn't. It was really difficult, but um, it was, I mean... Yeah. I felt really bad for you. <laughs> no, it's it's all good because you guys did an outstanding job anyway, and I think it was a great show, and I hope hope our listeners enjoyed it. So thank you, thank you very much. Well, you gave good direction in the background, and and Dan was wonderful, um, and it was. I listened to the show during the week, and I really enjoyed it, and I. So glad I got my nerdy questions about Neverland in as well. Oh, so good. I've listened to it a few times as well, you know, while grocery shopping and, and driving in the car. And yeah, all of those uh, Neverland questions and, and uh, you know, decorating your home garden sort of questions were awesome because, you know, it, get, it gave a real insight, in my opinion, into Brad as a technical person. You know, I mean, owning his own business, uh, installing, you know, audio systems and garden lighting and outdoor lighting and everything as well. Just is so amazing. Yeah, it blew my mind that he was uh, currently working on a project at uh, Disney's Golden Oak uh, residential development, which is like like millionaire homes. These are like mega millionaire sort of mansions that they're building on the on the resort property. So I was like, what? They're again, my two worlds colliding, you know, in awesomeness. So that was that was good fun. But I'm so glad that we've got you today, and and hopefully everything will behave and. So yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a big couple of weeks since we've spoken last on the show. You know, Zane, Hot Zane still hasn't joined back with One Direction. 
And, and then all of a sudden, One Direction are like, oh, we're going on a break. And I'm like, what's going on? What? I don't even Crazy. know. I don't even know anything about One Direction. So I can't comment on that. But <laughs> like, I will admit. Who were the I, boy bands when you grew up? Uh, I guess like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. And there was that Australian one, Human Nature. Do you remember them? Yeah, they're still performing in Vegas. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. They're doing like uh, Motown hits and stuff. Uh, Smokey Robinson sort of like pres- like has presented their show. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. That's cool. They were good. I like that song, Telling Everybody. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Okay. So, yeah, One Direction, I guess. I'm not a fan. I, I like Zane, but that's about it. Um, so, <laughs> One Direction is like sort of like those boy bands back then, and it's just the same over again. Oh, it is. It's totally repetitive. It's social media. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. social media aspect to it now. And they'll be a new – like these guys are washing up. They'll be a new boy band in like – six months you know and then every all the young girls will be obsessed with them and then there'll be a new yeah a new thing it goes in cycles and being a school teacher it's so obvious you know like you know students i teach they'll they'll be obsessed with a particular band in year eight and then by the time they get to year 10 it's all done and dusted and then you remind them you're like do you guys remember back in year eight when you were obsessed with those bands and they're like don't tell me don't tell me that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> back um, in my day back in my kids day. on the block <laughs> Oh yeah, and well, I mean, the Jackson Five, you know, arguably started all of that. But, they um, were one of the earliest. Like, what else was back then? It was the Osmonds. Yeah, yeah. The with the Partridge Family. So, but I, guess, I would, yeah, I, but definitely the Jackson Five were, I think, one of the original boy bands, and the Jacksons uh, in the next incarnation. But we, could we really call them a boy band? Like, I mean, see, for me, a boy band is a band that. Oh, how do you, how would you describe? Well, obviously they'd have to be all male, but like typically the boy bands of the '90s didn't really often play instruments and things like that. It was mainly about choreography and singing and you know their appearance on stage and things like that. Now, but I guess with One Direction, you know, obviously they do play instruments and not many. I think only one or two of them do. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. But I mean, when you look at the Jacksons, I mean, see, I've always been a little hesitant to describe them as a as one of the first boy bands because. You know, in the 60s and the 70s when they were making it, like, really they were playing a lot of instruments. You know, you had Tito on guitar, Jermaine was the bass player, and they even had, uh, I think it was, his name was Johnny Jackson, was actually not a relative of the group, even though that he had the last same last name, but he was on drum, uh, the drums, I think. Correct. So, um, you know, they were a group that did a lot of their own music live, so a little bit hesitant to say the word to say the words boy band but they... i think yeah i think that's a very good point and you know i guess if we did call them a boy band then everything after that sort of pales into comparison and is like you know a pale imitation really yeah because of the the talent that the jacksons had the they still have um but, so yeah no i can see that point but the format of having like you know multiple you know guys i guess great looking guys you know um you know, in the band, the form that format, you know, continued on. I think into boy bands because, you know, commercial music industry and you know studios and stuff started to see that that format was really appealing commercially. Yeah, um, it was like yeah back then it was sort of like the seedling. Yeah, it's like choose choose your favorite brother. I think Oprah, which one was Oprah Winfrey? Like Oprah in her interview, Jackie. Yeah, she said she really loved Jackie. She so. wanted to marry Jackie Jackson, <laughs> and I can understand. There's some handsome men in that family. Yeah, they still are. They still are. They still are. They still are. 
So a lot of stuff to talk about today. You found a really cool thing that I hadn't even seen on the news. Do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it hit the news a couple of weeks ago. I think it was BBC put it out. Um, and, you know, as you know, being a history teacher, I, I love all things history. And, and so this caught my eye. And there was a story uh, of a Peruvian girl, a young Peruvian girl, I think 14 years old, called Renata Flores, actually covered uh, the Michael Jackson hit song, The Way You Make Me Feel, uh, on some kind of, I don't know if it was a TV show or something, but BBC.com definitely have a video of her performing it and then some commentary and discussion around it. But the interesting thing about it is she actually performed the song uh, in, a, in a very unique language, uh, an Incan, an ancient Incan language called Quecha, which is still spoken by millions of people in the Andes today, uh, but it is a declining language amongst younger people. Uh, so it's a, quite a rare, I guess you could say, language amongst young people. And it's a very old, very ancient language. And to hear her cover the song in that language, but still keep the spirit of the song and the melody there, it was really, really special to watch. Did you get a chance to see it? I did. I watched the little BBC clip and it um, had her sort of performing it in front of, looked like some ancient sort of um, temple sort of place yeah Um, yeah and yeah quechua i think is the language was it quechua yeah i don't know exactly how to pronounce it's like quechua or quechua or something like that so um it was beautiful it was incredible how like that she chose this song the way you make me feel and like even in a completely foreign language to pretty much most people except in the local area and the older people from the area like it still translates perfectly the melody and everything into the into the song from this language it was so awesome and it sort of shows how um i guess music is not only can be timeless but it just crosses all borders and boundaries sometimes completely effortlessly exactly it's it just really goes to show that you know michael's appeal and his musical appeal is totally international and uh, just you know, it doesn't matter what country you go to, doesn't matter who you're talking to. There's people that love Michael Jackson, and it's great to see his music being represented in all these different, even rare languages. It's incredible. I thought it was super, super cute how it was her mum that came up with the idea. Yeah, that's right. Because that's right. Because in the video, they showed like some kind of a Skype call or something between her and her mum, and the mum was talking about it. Yeah, and then like the the girl, um, Renata Flores, fourteen. Um, a lot of her sort of school friends and stuff, they were like, wow, you know, I've never been sort of interested in Quechua, but now I really am. So it's sort of inspiring a lot of um, young people as well. Do you know if this was the only Michael song that she's covered in it? I don't know. I didn't do any more research into it except for watching that video. Um, but like any any of our listeners, like anyone out there would be able to, I'm sure, uh, you know, email her through her website or something or Twitter or something and find out if she's actually done more Michael Jackson songs in that language. But It was, yeah, really good find, something really different and unique. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah, really neat. When it hit the hit the web, I was like, oh, cool. That's like, you know, really to do with Michael and history, my two big passions. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Really good. I hope it does continue to inspire some, like, you know, younger people to learn the language and, and to keep the language going. Like, their uh, language is dying like going extinct around the world like 
every year. Oh, definitely. You know, like as, you know, some of the big languages, you know, like Spanish and English and Chinese, and as they expand and are spoken by different, you know, more people from different countries and become universal language, some of the smaller dialects in all kind of different countries are fading away. Like here in Australia, obviously our, um, you know, indigenous population, uh, the Aboriginal Australians, they there's you know thousands of language groups all over Australia of smaller dialects that are slowly uh, fading out as people speak English more and more frequently. It's really yeah, sad. it is really sad, very much so. Like yeah, every over here with the the different sort of mobs, I think they call them, yeah. of um, indigenous communities. Back in back in the day, like tiny little communities, they would each have their sort of own dialect. Um, so, yeah, literally, you know, hundreds and thousands of, of languages in the one continent alone. Um, I wonder if there's any sort of uh, sort of um, project happening where they're trying to capture some of that before it does disappear. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. So, ling- uh, I don't know what the actual profession is, but like linguists and people like that, I'm sure, I'm sure like academics are trying to you know, capture and, and uh, record down what their languages are so that in future generations we're able to study that history through understanding the language. And that's definitely something that I think should happen for, for Quetcher as well. Indeed. That was a good find. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, not a problem, dude. It was, I thought it was really neat. I hope our listeners enjoy it. We'll have it in the show notes for you to check out as well if you'd like. Cool. So a couple of weeks ago there was a little video that blasted across our timelines. Yeah. Oh, which one? The like so off the wall thirty five. Do you mean the real trailer or the the quote unquote real trailer or the the parody one? I actually don't know if I did get to see the real one. Well, I don't know if it's real, but okay, let's set the scene. So you're right. A few weeks ago, there was a video that came out, and the first place I saw it was on the MJ archives, I think, on Facebook, and it was like. Just a simple minute or so long trailer for the supposed upcoming album, Off the Wall 35, the reissue. And, you know, it was just like a a completely stylized minute-long ad with uh, the whole don't stop till you get enough video effect happening with like Ice Cube looking things and, you know, Michael dancing within them and... Uh, you know, just showing different footage from like Rock With You and different things like that. And it looked pretty good. Like they even, I think they even talked about this, the upcoming Spike Lee documentary in it, but it actually looked quite professional. To me, it was a little bit bland, a little bit, yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it didn't completely capture my attention, but it definitely came across as something that could have been official. It was leaked, not officially released. Uh, and, and what makes me think it may have been real is that within like, seriously, within like, 24 hours of that thing going on YouTube, Sony Music were issuing takedowns all over the place for that thing to disappear. Uh, And then it was gone and some fans captured it and uploaded it to different um, places around the world, like Chinese um, sort of streaming websites where you can still kind of see it. But uh, that came out. And then 24 hours later, there was... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Before we move on to the, the other version, do you remember back in... Uh, before this is it, like literally in the weeks before this is it, do you remember the theme of the official Michael Jackson website? Uh, like before the announcement or before the film? Before the announcement. No. Was it off the wall? Yes. Ah, oh, so so you mean like at that time they were planning on doing an off the wall reissue maybe? It was looked like ready to go. 
Wow. Because the website was skinned in all off the wall sort of brickwork and it was, you know, very identifiable as like this is an off the wall theme. Geez, so maybe so, so maybe the ad we saw it's I mean it couldn't have been a trailer leaked from that era because I'm pretty Well no, because it did mention I'm sure I think now that you talk about it, I think I may have seen that ad and it did mention the Spike Lee documentary. Yeah, so it's possible like it wasn't from that pre this is it stuff but like regardless it's pretty clear that sony music has had an off the wall reissue in the works for quite a while yes i hope they don't call it off the wall 35 that makes no sense because it's off the wall 36 which i mean you couldn't call a reissue 36 but if you actually count the years up i'm pretty sure it's 36 years at this point since off the wall came out because it came out in 79 yes so so that's not even the right anniversary yeah, I mean, but then again, you could say something like, "Why, why do why they're so arbitrary doing years? Like, why do we even do years? Why don't they just wait until they've got a great product and then put it out and just call it like the off the wall special edition? Why do they have to have a year attached to it?" Yeah, uh, like you know, if they're going to be doing anniversaries, it is history twenty. It is We're still history waiting 20, for something yeah. other than a calendar. And you know what's crazy is Spike Lee was so involved in the history era. He he directed two videos. Two separate videos for They Don't Care About Us. Why? He would have been the perfect choice to actually do a history-era documentary. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. I, You know, this is possibly a product they've had maybe sitting just on the shelf waiting to get it out. I will add another mix with this, you know, current DJ person. I tell you what, if they bring it out, you know, more power to them, great. I'd love to see it off-the-wall reissue, but I, I tell you what, if they don't bother doing a good job, if there's no... If there's no um, you know, like remastered original demos. If there's no uh, Triumph tour Blu-ray performance that comes <laughs> with it, if there's none of that, if there's none of that, then what are we doing? What's the point? Well, that sort of leads into the other video that came out. Yeah. So suddenly, there was another off the wall trailer, <laughs> off the wall thirty five, and it was awesome and. Like nearly every person was laughing and sharing it because it was so well done. And and to be honest, the first time I saw it, I thought it was legit until it sort of segued into like the fu- the first funny part. Oh man, it had me in stitches. I I, I was the same. I thought it was I, w- I thought it was legit as well. And then <laughs> as soon as they show started showing some of that parody stuff, like I was like. On the floor. Just couldn't stop laughing. It was incredible. Yep. They did such a good job. Do we know who the culprit is yet? No. Still anonymous. No. Still anonymous. But (laughs) they are very talented. And, uh, yeah, they got some flack for it off a few people. But on the whole, like... And it was across, we sort of, did we put it up on networks? I know we put it up on Twitter. We, we shared it. It was taken down after we shared it. But interestingly, there is now a Chinese uh, streaming site called Tudo, I think it's Tudo.com, where, where you can actually still go and see it. So we'll put that in the show notes if anybody wants a, a good laugh. But the reason I think it's so funny is because everything in it is, it's it's so true. All of the, the different uh, issues that they're discussing in the trailer about previously, um, poor products that have come out from Sony and the estate. It, and they're doing it in good taste. It's not overly negative. It's just, you know, let's have a good laugh about these things that have happened and are we going to get something similar again? <laughs> yeah, it was spot on. I think that's why um, 
that it was so like people could relate to it and just laugh so much because it was like because some of the things actually were real products that came out before like what are they called flip-flops oh yeah what are you kidding me did they really bring out um michael jackson thongs for the the bad 25 album pretty sure that's crazy i never so you're like walking around on michael jack no i don't like that I don't know. Like yeah, no, it was tasteless and terrible. And what was in this one? There was a toilet seat cover. A toilet seat cover. <laughs> and they were paying uh, the things they were paying out on, like obviously the the Michael album tracks and uh, the V. Oh, the, and when they talk about the oh the Triumph god. tour, the Triumph tour. Oh my god, dude, that was the best moment. <laughs> that was so cool. And they're like, oh, it we're was... going to give you a remastered version of a Triumph uh, show, and then it's like. VHS quality, just but like overly just grainy, and you can't even see it anything was, in it. <laughs> it was fading in and out audio, and the visuals were just like snowy, like you know the the bad concert that they released. Like the quality wasn't terrible, but it certainly was not uh, like a sort of quality that they should have been releasing, oh. <laughs> considering what's shown in Moonwalker and stuff. So we know there is high quality. It wasn't as bad as the, the like you know what this one was in this parody but it got the point like it was spot on like here's a you know remastered thing and it's this snowy and crackly vhs <laughs> tape it was the funniest moment oh it's too good it's too good we gotta we gotta um how about we play the audio right now we can't show the video but let's let's play that audio and, and give our listeners a chance to experience it as well do it exclusive unseen footage of michael recording in the studio will not be seen in this documentary. Instead, interviews with people Michael never met. Off the wall? The one with thriller on it? Featuring a brand new remix by Pitbull. And get ready for the exclusive premiere of a recently unearthed demo from Eddie Casio's basement. Relive the magic with a full concert from the Triumph Tour. Deluxe edition for these special bonuses. I can't believe he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Off the wall, Sorry. 35. Too, too good. It's still funny. It's still funny. I just, oh. I can't, can't get enough of it. You gotta. <laughs> You got to, you know, if you think that if you guys are out there listening and you've you've heard the audio now, you got to check out the video because it's even funnier. There's some great animation in it, and whoever made it, like I don't know who made it, but yeah, hats fedora off to you, sir. Fedora, well done. (laughs) If it was a sir, yeah, really, really good. Nice, nice job there, chap. (laughs) And please, more videos, more videos, because obviously there's a lot of talent. Yes, don't don't waste that talent. Keep it coming. Like when there's something to do, you know that's that was really cool. 
so we're in like September now. How many Can you months? believe it? There's... Does that mean I get to put my Christmas tree up soon? No, you can't do that until the 1st of December. Everyone knows that. That's a lie and racist and no. I'm go- I'm How is that cool, racist? Would... I'm just saying. Just racist. <laughs> uh, it's, um, I reckon... Because I, I would have my tree up all year if I could. Yeah, actually, I love Christmas time as well, but... Really? All year? I don't know. Yeah, and then if I could, I would, you know, just decorate it for, you know, different seasons and different, like, you know, for birthdays and Easter and Australia Day, Australia. Australia. What's your What's your opinion on people who keep up their Christmas lights into like January? That's fine. You're we didn't take that? our Christmas. Yeah, we didn't take our Christmas tree down until March. Oh, I think you're one of those people. Yeah, because it's a big job and also I don't <laughs> want to take it down. So I'm not going to be rushing to do it unless I'm forced to. But don't your cats eat all the tinsel and stuff? Like, what is that? What happened Tinsel? There? Yeah. What the hell? This is 2015. Don't you use tinsel on a tree? I use tinsel. What are you saying? I'm a tinsel guy. Oh, my God. Okay. No, that... we have no tinsel. It is just decorations and lights. Is that a bit tacky, is it, tinsel? I didn't know. I thought that was left like from the 80s. I didn't think people did tinsel anymore. I thought that was left for supermarkets and stuff. If you go to the shops, they got tinsel everywhere. Yeah, but I didn't need to make my house look like a, like Coles. You know what we used to have when I was growing up was like these little um, plastic balls and they were like clear and hollow. So we'd put lollies in them all so you could take the balls down off the tree and open them and Really, oh, really good. I've never seen that. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean that's from like literally the eighties, though. Like, so I don't know if they still make them now. But hmm. yeah, we segued a bit. I can't even remember where this was going. We were talking about off the wall and like what the deal is with it's September. There's a few months to go of the year, and we still haven't really heard anything. Got it. Yeah. So, do you think we are going to get a release at all? I don't know. I mean, Spike Lee's made this movie. Like, it's not like normal to make a movie and then not put it out. No, I so, else. Yeah, but they could true. they could do a um, Cirque du Soleil documentary thing and just put it out on Vimeo. Like, <laughs> who knows? If they decide to can the project and not do an off the wall reissue, they might just go, eh, whatever. We'll put out the documentary Spike made on Vimeo. That's the thing. Like, I you know, if the estate are going to release a product, make it worth releasing, and then I'll support it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Seriously, I'm not like, don't release anything ever because you guys are freaking idiots. Yeah, they, they pretty much sort of are sometimes. But still, like, I enjoyed the, the, the Las Vegas One show. They didn't put that together. So just they put it together. But, like, you know, I'm not saying every single thing they've put out is terrible. I'm so, trying what, to think of something. But, uh, um, what have they done that's okay? I'm going to stand by the fact that this is it. Even though I disagree now in hindsight with it even coming out and all of that, I think in terms of putting together a quality product, I think that this is it Blu-ray special edition is pretty much as good as they could have done. Like, Yeah, that was a good product. Yeah, it was like the biggest uh, earning snuff film in history, oh, but yeah. it was a good product. Yeah, like when you think about the product, like it had the movie itself, which is, you know, pretty entertaining if you can ignore everything that was going on behind the scenes, which I can't anymore. Um, disclaimer. But, you know, they had all of those amazing making of special feature short film things, which were really cool, which I actually in some ways enjoy more than the movie now because they show a lot more of the creative process behind the film coming out. Uh, sorry, bef- behind, behind yes. the um, concert. So, yeah, there's some, you know, meet the dancers and whatever it's called and whatever, you know, you know those like little short film things? 
yeah, the little vignettes and, and the concept things that they hadn't even really done in realities, but like, okay, here's what Lightman's going to look like and stuff yeah, like so that. You know, that was, that was really good stuff. Like the reason I... The, uh, still in two minds about that whole thing because it's like, mm. you know, it was pretty bad they put that out because it was so one-sided and they were trying to hide the fact that Michael was really sick and actually dying while rehearsing and yep. put this movie out to make money. But at the same time, the point I kind of always make to people is... Can you imagine what it would feel like as a Michael Jackson fan now in 2015 without ever having seen that film? Like, can you imagine, like, we wouldn't have closure. We would not have any clue of what, you know, Michael was putting together in in 2009. And in some way, I'm glad we've seen it because we ha- I have a sense of closure now knowing what This Is It was going to be like, what he was working on and how awesome it was going to be. And now I can just think that was going to be kick-ass. Michael passed away doing what he loved. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I'm mixed. And for us at the time, it was a big uh, step in our mourning process as well. Like, you know, we all came together. There was like 30 fans that came up to the Gold Coast yeah. to see the premiere um, with Damien Shields and, and Marnie, um, yourself. and TJ. Um, TJ, yeah. So that was for us a big, big step of, you know, mm. coming together and, and mourning over this. And at the time, we were all seeing it through completely rose-coloured glasses. Mm. Mm. Um, but it did, yeah, it did help us at that time. Looking back on it now, it's completely different. But, yeah, okay. So I'm not saying the estate, you know, shouldn't release anything ever because they that's what they're going to be doing. But just... If you're going to do off the wall 36 or 37 or whatever you're going to do, make it a product like worth releasing. Like I have faith in this, the Spike Lee film because he's an incredible filmmaker. Um, and, you know, as much as Bad 25 had its flaws, there were a lot of good things about it as well. So what would you do? Like if you were in charge of the Michael Jackson estate or Sony Music or whatever, like and you were the person in charge of uh, – you know, putting together the product that is going to be off the wall 35, what would you do? I would look at the products that the, the sort of have been released from the Motown and the Jackson's era, like the Hello World set. There was the complete album box set of all of the Jackson 5 albums. Um, the Jacksons have had re-releases and expanded editions of Victory and Triumph, I believe it was. There was two re-releases of those. Yeah. Um, there's the thing that I'll be talking about later, the the Jackson's original album classics, which is a neat little five disc set of um, their albums from um, the Jackson's Going Places, Destiny, Triumph and Victory. Um, so like those, and I think there was even DVD release of the Jackson's cartoon show and the that sort of variety show they did. So I would sort of look at those and see, how well they were put together, yeah, they could have had maybe more features and stuff on things, but in general, they were very respectful and classy releases and yeah. definitely worth having, like seriously worth having. The Hello World box set, which I have, is incredible. So I would look and go, well, okay, how are other people releasing stuff? And like the Beatles, don't they re- release sort of special editions and stuff? Oh man, the Beatles have like the best re-releases on earth. They're so See, respectful. They should look at that and then copy that template and then expand and build on that in a respectful and classy way. Yeah, totally. There's 
it's jeez oh, it, they could do such a good job of it really like you start with audio quality if anything needs remastering do that it, i don't really think it does the 2001 special edition of off the wall sounds crisp and amazing anyway so like really all that's left to do is kind of like i guess any demos that they want to put out respectfully bring back the teams of people that maybe worked on them to polish them up and, yes, and put them out totally um yep. you know like with when they do video releases include behind the scenes stuff yeah like yeah include the making of stuff like hello where is the making of thriller on dvd yeah yeah that was like the biggest selling vhs cassette of its time where is the legend continues on dvd you know what you know what they should do is here's what i think they should do i've always thought this would be great you know you put out a set that has the kind of like what they did with bad 25 so you got the album you've got some demos or whatever rare stuff you've got then you put a concert out with it. But the concert, you know, that's great that they could put a concert out. Even better if they can put it out on, you know, remastered 1080p, whatever, high definition if they filmed it or whatever. That'd be awesome. But to make it, to take it even to that other level, add things to it. Get a commentary track by the Jacksons from, you know, like talking about the Triumph Tour, what it was like rehearsing with Michael, what it was like conceptualizing, visualizing, and putting together the show. Um, talking over the Triumph Tour. So you can sit there and watch it and have this audio, kind of like a podcast, like an audio track happening with it where the Jacksons themselves are talking about the show or any other people that worked on it, like musicians and that like the direct, Like the director's commentary you can access on movies. Yeah, exactly, like a director's commentary for the Triumph Tour. And yeah, special so then features. Watch it, watch it as the concert with the normal concert soundtrack, and then the next time you watch it, watch it with the commentary, so you actually learn about it. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's that's where they can expand on what's already there. You know, the Spike Lee film's a great idea. I hope it's you know better than Bad Twenty Five, less Talking Heads, um, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, like put that out, awesome. But have a whole campaign to go with it, you know, as well. Like T-shirts. How cool would it be to get some, you know, off the wall stylized fashion that could be coming out that you could purchase. Uh, or you know seminars you know they could the maybe the maybe the the estate and sony could put together some vlog style video seminars with people that worked on the album and they could put that out kind of like what michael pioneered with the thriller 25 podcasts that came out in uh, 2008 just go to that next level i just keep seeing things things are so easily released now digitally so there's no reason why well okay yeah physical products are very expensive and stuff even though I adore having the actual physical product in my collection, like as a minimum, do a digital thing that you can download and buy. Mm, mm. I just keep seeing really poor stuff come out, just like a lack of respect. Did, did you remember the, um, what did they put out on his birthday? Did you see that graphic they put out on the, on his birthday on Facebook and the social networks? I think I did. It was like a little kid had done it. Yeah, it was, it was like a picture of Michael from the Bad Tour, second leg, I think, and... It was pixelated. It was like literally like 120 by 120 pixels or something like that. And, and I don't know anything about technology, but even I know when I'm doing like a Google image search that that's shit quality. That's like some of the worst quality you can get. And they got that. They blew it up to be bigger. They put some text on it. It looked horrible. It was disgusting. And they shared it on the social networks. It went, well, I wouldn't say viral, but it went like, you know, there were, you know, hundreds of thousands of likes or whatever on it tens of thousands so a lot of people saw it and that kind of thing it's like sending the message to the fan community it's like we are going to be half-assed the king of pop deserves better than 
a 120 by 120 pixelated piece of crap picture to come out on his birthday. This is the guy that pioneered visual mediums. Like, I don't know, I'm just getting on my soapbox here. But if that mentality is going to be applied to off the wall, no, please no. Just don't do anything. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like they're just not treating the, the art and him as a person with respect. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I went all negative. <laughs> but, you know, what we're trying to say is if you're going to do something, do it right and do it with love and do it with quality and then we'll be, like, embracing it and it will be worth releasing and worth buying. Yeah, with care, attention to detail, beautiful packaging, beautiful artwork, pr- like a premium product that I can buy and hold in my hands and put on my shelf so people when yeah. they, you know come to my house they can look at it and think wow that looks really really great some you know some nice you know like a nice glossy finish on a like a, a open book style album artwork or maybe imagine if it was like a matte finish with like a texture so that when you run your hands over it you can actually feel the brickwork oh you know? my god just, seriously that's just, so cool just something like that where they just they go to that next level with the packaging so it's the same product like michael envisioned it and put all that care and effort into the audio recordings that he did, but take that packaging to the next level. You know, there's so much they could do, but... Like with that off-the-wall parody trailer, the, the very few little voices that were like, oh, you know, why is this there? It's disrespecting Michael and his work. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't anyone that shared that spoof trailer was not mocking Michael and his work. The spoof off-the-wall trailer was a defense of Michael's catalog and a critique of his vandalism by the estate in some ways like Mm, mm. so and i have to admit that was a quote from our friend charles that i just said but it was exactly how i was feeling it's like we're not mocking michael we're mocking the the half-assed sort of effort that went into some of the previous products yeah give me something that's incredible like the art deserves that's all is that too much to ask for i don't think so at all real talk (laughs) <laughs> indeed <laughs> so positive news we've got the jacksons on tour i know oh my god i hope they come back to australia oh i'm just so so glad that they're they're still going and still doing a great job like they it seems like they've really kicked into to high gear at the moment they're um touring i think their show kicked off again a couple of weeks ago or something like, or a week ago or something they performed yep. at the new york, new york state fair i believe they did they did a um they did a great rendition of I'll Be There. Now, but some of these performances, is only three of the brothers. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? And if you go to Tito Jackson's website, and he seems to be the guy that's doing a lot of the heavy lifting at the moment with the promotion. But if you go to Tito's website, it actually shows you a list of all the upcoming dates. And some of the dates have all of the, you know, Jackson brothers minus, obviously, Michael and Randy. And then some of the shows have um, just three of them without Jermaine. So I don't really know why Jermaine's not in some of the shows and he is in others, but I know that he's got a very busy schedule at the moment putting together his new album and things like that. So maybe that's it. And I believe um, maybe one of his sons is also doing some recording and filming stuff at the moment. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I saw... Oh, no. There's so many kids and stuff. I can't keep track of them all. But I did see um, a Twitter thing where they were at a film shoot with some European DJ or something. I'm not sure. And it was for one of um, Jermaine's kids because Jermaine was there. 
So who's doing all the lead vocals if Jermaine's not there? I'm not sure. Marlon? I am not sure. Probably just, I guess they'll split it, I guess. Split it up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, regardless, I mean, they're great performers, so they're worth seeing. Um, But the one that's happening soon, because there's like a show happening in like 10 hours or something in London uh, at Proms in the Park, that, that has Jermaine, because the rehearsal pictures or video actually that came out on Instagram yesterday showed all four of them performing. Yes, and that will be incredible hearing like, you know, those tracks done by is it an eighty nine piece orchestra? Oh yeah, I heard that. So yeah, I think they have performed once with a big orchestra, I think a couple of years ago, and it was filmed in high definition. It might have been for proms, I'm not sure what it was last time, but th- yeah, it sounds their music with a big orchestra behind them sounds incredible. Yeah, that will be and we've got some friends going to that show. Um, mm. Can't wait to hear about it. Bit jealous, but it'll be, you know, awesome. It'll be really cool. Um, and and this tour is a celebration um, of a very big anniversary. It's the fiftieth anniversary of the Jackson Five. Yeah, indeed. So it's definitely something that should be recognised and celebrated. So uh, we've got some friends going tonight. So we've got S- Sil Mortilla and Charles Thompson, I believe, are both going. And Samar is it as well? Or yeah, yep, Samar's going as well. Yeah, so they're all going to the show in London and we can't wait to hear how it went. Did you see um, the gift that Jermaine gave to his brothers? Oh, I did. Isn't that... Uh, oh, the gesture is incredible, isn't it? Like, Yeah, so um, they appeared on a morning talk show in, in Britain and Jermaine gave this gift to each of the brothers and then there's another gift. Um, so it's a ring, like a diamond ring with the J5 logo in the middle and the five turns into 50th. So it's like J50th almost. And it's to celebrate the um, 50th anniversary of the Jackson 5. And he had um, these made. And so it's got all the brothers. So he gave one, like, say, to Tito. And it's got Tito Jackson's name on it. And then Marlon has Marlon Jackson's name on it. And then there's one also with Michael Jackson's name on it that he said he'll, he'll give it to his mum. Yeah, it's very, very sweet. Jermaine Jackson is the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Five rings to know. rule them I all. Would, no, that was Latoya's engagement ring on Life of Latoya. <laughs> Jeffrey picked out this rock that was like a bajillion carats and it's ginormous. <laughs> it's like, how can you even have something that big on your hand and lift your hand up? I'm calling Jermaine Lord Sauron from now on. Why Lord Sauron? He was the bad guy. Yeah, but he was the one that made all the rings and gave them to all the dwarves and the elves. And... Oh, my God, you're such yeah. a nerd. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have those films, and um, but, no, I can't remember those sort of details. Oh, man, it's got you gotta, you got to love Lord of the Rings. I love it. I love it. So, uh, can't wait to see the Jacksons. Please come to Australia. Come on. Yes, I still haven't please. seen these guys yet. It's 2015. I still haven't seen them. Please come to Australia and and Perth. You came to Perth last time. I know that a lot of people leave the West Coast off because it's so far away. Um, but, yeah, come on down under. I want to be able to do an episode of the MJ cast, like, straight after a gig. So, like, a live show. Like, we've just gone to see the Jacksons together or something, and then we go back and record somewhere. Our thoughts on the show. When I get excited, though, as everyone can hear, when I was talking excitedly about seeing the one show in Vegas... Like, I get really lightheaded, so I might probably faint. <laughs> faint during the Because I'm talking so much, I forget to breathe. I'll keep, then... We'll just keep the recording going, and people will be able to hear me doing, like, 
chest compressions and stuff. Q, Q, come on. <laughs> we got to keep going. <laughs> but, of course, the Jacksons aren't the... Or the Jackson brothers are not the only Jackson that's currently on tour. I know. This is, like, mega, mega news. I don't think I've been this excited in quite a while. But, yeah, Janet Jackson doing her thing again. Janet Jackson, Unbreakable World Tour, Unbreakable Album like new songs, new videos, and she's already storming across the US with the Unbreakable Tour, and she's just announced a third leg to the US tour alone. The name Unbreakable's got getting a bit of a legacy, isn't it, amongst the Jacksons? Like, because Michael did the song Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the song that she put out, Unbreakable, it's uh, streaming on YouTube, is awesome. I know, I know. It's so good. Like, those, there were people there that for a minute were like, oh, the what was the other song she put out a couple of weeks ago? No Sleep. No Sleep, yeah. yeah. People were like, oh, No Sleep's putting me to sleep. It's a bit slow. And we came, we came out on the on our show and we're like, no, it's a slow jam. It's meant to be cool and chilled and awesome. And, and it's like still number one on the R&B charts, I believe. The adult, like it's, yeah, the adult yeah. R&B charts. So. Yeah, it is. so it got to the top. Yeah, so it's a great song. Um, and people, one, the one complaint people had were like, oh, it's it's a little bit slow for a first single and I hope the rest of the album's not like that. And those people need to go and listen to Unbreakable because it's everything but slow. It is funky and awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. And, you know, if this is if those two tracks are an indication of the album to come, look out. I heard some reports that she's going to open up and be quite, in some of the lyrics of the song, kind of reference, you know, her brother Michael and, and what, you know, her thoughts on what happened and everything like that, reflecting. So I think it, in addition to being, uh, well, you've got the upbeat side of it with um, Unbreakable. You've got the sensuous, slow jam stuff with No Sleep. I think we're going to get some real personal, deep lyrical stuff as well by the sound of it. Hopefully. What do you think of the interludes that she puts on her albums? I love them. I love them because... Yeah, yeah, I do. And the reason I like them is because I like concept albums. I'm a huge fan. So, like, you put an album on and it takes you on a journey and from start to, you know, finish. And I love the idea of concept albums. They're not things that Michael did a lot of, interestingly. His songs, each song was like its own unique world. But um, the thing I like about some of Janet's albums is they're really cohesive. They'll take you on a journey for, like, an hour and so that's why I like the interludes because they kind of tie everything together really neatly into a package. And so I'm kind of looking forward to them. I, I get excited about them, but that's just me. Oh, okay. It's Janet. And uh, I'm just going to record my voicemail message. <laughs> too. Sometimes they're really random. And it's like, and when you play stuff on shuffle, it really destroys that, uh, like the solid album concept yeah see that's but that's they're a... really not suited for shuffling can they i wish they could sort of have them so that you know you get a song and then another song and then you don't get her grocery list and then you get another <laughs> song like if they could just sort of when it's on shuffle mute the interludes but that's like itunes era onwards that's like because before you know 2001 before the ipod was big and shuffling music was big you know before that it was People would listen to cohesive albums. You'd you'd put your record on, or you'd you put your CD in the CD player, and you'd listen to the whole thing. The and CD then, players had a shuffle button. They did, but I think people at that time were more likely to listen to music from start to finish. And then, so now in the era of iTunes and Apple Music and Spotify and things like that, people tend to listen to songs individually more so than a whole album. So you're right, maybe the maybe you know technology and the way people engage with music as a medium has moved on so if she does interludes on this album 
you know, does it make sense in today's day and age? I don't know. Give us your grocery list, Janet. We want to hear your grocery list. You know the interlude on the velvet rope, the one where she's like talking on the the, the video, the um, oh, it's like a voicemail recording. You know who that? Oh no, is it voicemail? No, it's like a phone uh, call. It's a like phone call. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know who the person is on the other end of the line? No, Lisa Marie Presley. What? I'm serious. I'm serious. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Listen back to it. That's a bit rude, so I won't go into the details on the show here for our okay. listeners, our young I, listeners. Yeah. But like, okay, listen, listen, listen to back to out. it. It's that somebody told me, I think, or I read somewhere. I can't remember that it's Lisa Marie Presley. So the album comes out in early October. Yep, uh, comes out. I've already pre-ordered it on iTunes myself. Um, and she's announced tour, tour dates for Japan, which is, I believe, at the end of this year. Creeping a little bit closer to Australia? Yes, that's what I was alluding to. So, fingers crossed. I think she'll come to Australia for sure. Oh, she I never, think she will. She's never not. She's not like Madonna, where she hasn't <laughs> been here in 57 years. Um, <laughs> skips Australia on every single tour. She's coming next year, I believe, Madonna, finally. But, no, Janet always sort of gets to Australia pretty much nearly every single time. So, I think she will be here. I don't know what I'm going to do. If she, It all depends on what she announces first. If she announces Australia... I'll buy tickets for Australia. But if she announces China first before Australia, I'm going to China. I'm going. I want to see her. I don't know. Like, she'll probably go. I'd say she'll probably definitely perform in Hong Kong. But if she announces mainland China, I'm there. That'll be the first time I believe a Jackson has performed on mainland China if she does it. So that would be cool. So there's plenty of some, plenty of videos uh, on online from the tour and from the premiere shows. Um, She looks great, hey? She looks stunning. I'm not sure about those pants, but looks like the, the lady is, is drop-dead gorgeous, stunning, and so beautiful, and I'm so glad to see her doing what she's loving to do. And, yeah, it's it's an exciting time for Jacksons. I like the style. Like, uh, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of with you on the pants for sure, but in, let's forget the pants. Like, everything else, like... I think that's because we're old men. Yeah, but I didn't like the gold thong g-string thing in dangerous tour that michael was wearing it always was a little bit weird a little bit weird for guys anyway i don't know how girls liked it but for guys we're like, <laughs> what the hell seriously like I, I, it makes a little bit more sense when there was a jacket over the top yeah. and it's sort of like superhero undies but <laughs> when you show whenever i show that concert to anyone or a picture from the concert like no like michael jackson fans love it i'll show like an mj fan and they'll be like oh that's cool whatever but as soon as you show a casual fan or non-fan anything dangerous to it that that comment i always get is why is he wearing a gold g-string like every single time it and it doesn't suit the smooth criminal costume no i know so uh i don't think the janet pants are as bad as that to me that's pretty <laughs> bad but like they're not great but in terms of the rest of the costume like the whole i don't know how to describe it but she's wearing like stacks of like bangles and jewelry and there's just like the, the costumes look like they're thrown together from all these different styles and the beautiful and cultures yeah different cultures and influences and all at once it's like a melting pot i love that yeah it's beautiful so it's going to be great if they film it and release it because i'd just love to sit there and look at all those the, the different fashion styles well janet releases terrific concert dvds yeah you're right actually really 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 great concert releases on dvd and video and, and like blu-ray and that sort of thing so definitely this will be out there so all there's another you, example 
All for You Hawaii, pretty good. The best. Holy crap, that's such a good show. But again, DVD. What's going on with the Jackson family and no HD stuff? No Jackson's concert on HD, no Janet, and one Michael snuff film on HD. Come on, Latoya, you can be the first. <laughs> Latoya Jackson, Blu-ray, let's go. Do it. Her show actually is um, on in this app in Australia, well, an abridged version of the Latoya show, Life of Latoya. Sarah oh. Angus pointed it out to me, and I downloaded the 7 Plus app yeah. available in the app store, and if you search for Life with Latoya, um, you can watch like an abridged version of season one and season two. I just got the Life with Latoya theme song in my head right now. You're just saying that because you want me to sing it. Yeah, I'm I was hoping you'd it. buy it and sing it. I nearly did, dude. Oh. I was so close to <laughs> Oh, my God, it's still on the tip of my tongue. You nearly had me there. Next time, <laughs> next time. So, yeah, if you're in Australia and you've got like a tablet or whatever, I don't where you get the 7 Plus thing. I've got it on my iPad, but you can watch an abridged version of Life with Latoya, which I hope they do another season because I want to know what happens next because it finishes on a bit of a cliffhanger on this abridged version. She kind of lost me with the whole I'm in Michael's old bedroom speaking to his ghost thing. I don't know. When was that? Did you see that episode? It was on like the second. That might have been season one or something. Yeah, I didn't even watch season two. It was like on season one. I think it was the second episode in there at Havenhurst. And it was really like, okay. Oh, geez, I'm being negative on this show. (laughs) Like she was up in his like bedroom in Havenhurst and she was like talking about being able to communicate with his ghost or she saw something that made, made her believe his ghost was there or something. And then like that's... see. For one, I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't believe in, in the supernatural to start with. That's that's fine if you do. But there was that. But that's fine if she believes that. That's cool. But then, like, the very next second, it, like, it was, like, a, it switched to really jovial, happy music. And it just, they switched it up to be really comical. And I just, and at the time, I just remember thinking there was this really deep, serious moment when you were apparently communicating with Michael. And the next second, it's, like, really funny comedy. And it, it just... I didn't gel with me very well. It was like, where's I? I didn't feel res, res, it was respectful in in that episode, and then after that episode, I just kind of switched off a little bit and didn't watch it again. But I understand there's a lot of people that love it, and that's cool. I've been so. too distracted by the bling and by the <laughs> fabulousness and just her laugh and stuff. And I would just do love to have Latoya on the show. She's still my dream guest. She's awesome, and I loved that episode. I did love the one where she was in the um that bus or whatever it is that Catherine owns the the big tour bus thing yeah the tour bus thing and she was in there with her and they were having a great time and talking and I with the lollies that. they'd yeah, gone yeah. lolly shopping and they were opening up all the lollies oh my god <laughs> I really want lollies today it's not my treat day so I'm not meant to be having chocolate and lollies today but I'm craving it was yesterday your treat day you had Mac as yeah it's like every second day every, every odd number day. <laughs> Every odd number day, I go, okay, it's my treat day. So today's the 12th, tomorrow's the 13th. So tomorrow is technically my treat my treat day. So otherwise, I would have chocolate and lollies every single day. Every single day. Yeah, like my wife. She has chocolate all the time. Crazy amount. Good for her. I'll bring home, I'll bring home like a box of Cadbury chocolate or a big like block of it. It'll be gone. In Which 20- is banned in America. Is Cadbury banned in America? Yeah, they've they've made importing it illegal. No like, way. Like you could like I send stuff to my friends over there, um, 
but like they can't commercially import Cadbury. But it's my favorite chocolate. It's pretty good. It is pretty good, but yeah. Actually, in our so, house, we kind of go back and forth between Lint and Cadbury. What about Nestle? Nah, not a fan. Oh, what about like the Nestle Crunch Block? Oh my god, mm. now I really want one of them. Let's go down to Coles and grab one. Oh, I haven't got the car. Oh, <laughs> Hubs Hubs is taking the car to work. He's doing burnouts. I think I'll be having some naughty stuff later because I'm going to a roller derby game. Oh, cool. Um, sorry, no, that's wrong. It's a roller derby bout. They're not called games. It's a bout. So I'm going to a, a roller derby bout this afternoon. So I need to keep an eye on the time. Um, and after that, um, with friends, uh, we have dinner together somewhere and I'm going to try and angle towards like a burgery place that has milkshakes, thick shakes. I hate milkshakes. I want thick shakes. I didn't know you skated. Oh, no, no. I'm not in it. It's, oh. I'll be like <laughs> watching it. Oh, I thought you were going to go in it. No, roller derby is like a brutal sport. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, no. I've got a friend that will be in it. Oh. Yeah, she's sort of got into the, the squad. Um, but yeah, so I think I will be having a little bit of naughty stuff later with like a thick shake or something. <laughs> so I have to try and hold off until then. Maybe I'll have a Milo. That'll, that'll, oh, how good's got, Milo? Yeah, rest of the world, if you haven't got Milo, you're missing out. It's got vitamins in it as well. How do you make Milo? What's your technique? Three spoons in the glass. Yeah. One or two, one or two in my mouth. And then I add milk to the glass yep. and then I stir it. Yep. And I don't do hot Milo. So you don't put any Milo on top? Well, no, because it will float to the top. That's what you want. Yeah. So I, when I start gently to stir it, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Milo oh, lifts up, up and you get that really smooth chocolatey layer on the top, the crunchy sort of layer. My technique's the same as you, except I, okay, what I do is I, I do the three spoons on the bottom, I put the milk in, I stir it. Then what I do is I put it in the freezer for like 20 minutes. I used to do that. Yeah. I make it like psycho chilled cold. It's awesome. Like Dr. Freeze it. Then I'll take it out and I'll put another couple of spoons of Milo on top. So it like sandwiches it. So when you drink it, it's you get this dry Milo on top. You, you can chew it and everything. And then you have the rest of the cold drink. When like, do you eat the Milo off the top? Do you eat it at the start or halfway through uh, or at the end? You eat a bit at the start, like without a spoon, and then, you know, because it just goes in your mouth because it's on top, and then you drink it, yep. and then when you get to the bottom, there's still some dried stuff there, and you, that's when you grab your spoon and you have like a Milo feast. Do you put so, any spoons of Milo into your mouth as you're making the making it, like oh, straight sometimes. out of the can? Sometimes, yeah, I have. I do that. I do that. That tastes nice. That's good. Oh I like God, having dry it's Milo. It's the best. Yeah. Milo. Guess what? What? This is a Michael Jackson show. Oh, is it? <laughs> Welcome yeah, to the we Milo can, cast. We can link... Oh, there's a show title. Um, <laughs> we can link anything to Michael. You can link anything mentally. Like, you think about it. He, The dude loved candy. He did. He had a candy and counter. And it was for free. It was for free at Neverland. <laughs> you know, cool. Yeah, you know you're a big Michael fan. And, and I know big Michael fans out there listening know what I'm talking about. If you're a fan... You can hear anything. It doesn't matter what it is, a movie, a new artist, whatever, and you can somehow find a way to connect them back to Michael. Like they knew someone that knew someone that directed a movie that was cousins with the someone that knew Michael. Let's do it because <laughs> Moon, there was like he had his own chocolate bars at Neverland. He did. He did. Yeah, it had that cool Moonwalker sort of cover art on it. 
Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And... I'm not sure if they were for sale in Europe at some point as well, but you definitely had them like for guests at Neverland. And he pioneered energy drinks with the mystery drink. <laughs> <laughs> 97. So there you go. Anybody out there who's buying a, you know, a Red Bull, just automatically think mystery 1997 promo drink, energy drink. Did you ever drink it? Did no. you ever taste it or see any of the can? Yeah, I've seen the cans in real life. They have them at that. Really? Re- they have them at that record exchange shop in Brisbane that I've told you about. Um, they've got some oh. there and you can, they're full. They've got liquid in them. They're sealed. They're sealed. So That's not good because they can explode. There's like YouTube videos on, um, obviously on YouTube, idiot Q, um, but it shows you how to get the liquid out of like your Pepsi can so they don't explode. We should do, we should do a, a vlog one day of one of us drinking a mystery. You're going to be the drinker and I'll be the one recording because I'm not putting something from 1997 with artificial peach flavor into my mouth. And yeah, then you'll be just driving me directly to hospital straight after I drink. Pretty much. We'll do it at the hospital just to save the driving bit. Oh, okay. So That's d- funny. Dirty Diana. You're Dirty Diana. Your face is Dirty Diana. Oh, man. Who is... um, So where did this video come from? There's an alternate version of the Dirty Diana film clip. Yeah, it's... I I reckon it's great. It's Larry Bridges edited it, and he he was the editor from... He edited Bob Giraldi's uh, MJ video, Beat It. He edited Joe Pitka or Pitka's The Way You Make Me Feel video, and he also did Dirty Diana. And obviously the one that officially came out in the late 80s and on all the DVDs and stuff and, and VHS tapes was a, was not the Larry Bridges version. It was a much more cleanly edited uh, cinematic... Well, he, he did edit the one that came out. Oh, did he? Did he? Or maybe well, he you did. said he, he edited the Dirty Diana film clip. Oh, maybe he did edit that one as well. I'm not sure, but I know the one that's just leaked. It's The reason I thought he didn't edit it is the one that just leaked is called the Larry Bridges version. So I just assume mm. somebody else might have. I could be wrong. But anyway, this one that just leaked like a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever, is, it looks totally different to some of the footage is the same, but the way that it's edited and put together and the stylized filters they put over it look totally different to the original one. And uh, in I'm going to just throw this out there and I know it's not going to be popular, but I prefer it. Okay, I prefer some of the aspects of it because I love the, the just the glam rock ainess of it. It's so big hair, leather, um, buckles and girls in short leather skirts. Um, it's so ridiculously like 80s rock. Um, but to me, this is not even a final version. To me, this is like a, a collection of test footage. Really? Like there's all those shots at the end of people raising the lighters up. Mm. That's that's like shots from different angles or whatever it was of the, of the people doing that. It's like, okay, well, here's all the footage we have. Then we'll go through and we'll pick the best cut of it. It's like a collection of test footage. Possibly. I, the, reason, the reason I like it is because of the visual look. It's so grainy and there's all like the little smoke burn looking things and like grain. and. I do like that. Yeah, it just... I don't think that was... I don't even know if that was done back then or if it was done now. It's, it's not... I don't really see it now. Like it's got this filter effect on it, which makes it look really grainy and old and dated on purpose. And, and to me, it's really effective. Like it just... I don't know. There's something about it that's so gritty and raw and just 
It's well, it's really the, it experimental. It's a gritty and raw song. Yeah, totally. And I that's why I, th- I think I, I I personally prefer it. It reminds me of um and this is not as good a video in my opinion, but there's like an alternate version of the blood on the dance floor video that was shot on like I don't know, it's 8mm camera or something and it's like really grainy and lots of it's black and white and it looks incredibly dated and low quality, but that adds to the charm of it. And this this is in my opinion like that style but even better. And again, like why why didn't that come out on Bad 25? I don't know, but it was just it was really cool. I loved it. It was it was pretty cool and it sort of just reminded me of 80s rock and early 90s 80s and early 90s rock and how different it is now Mm. like now it is so i want to say masculine but then what i'm trying to say is back then there was bands like oh bon jovi which is still around but bands like poison and def leppard yeah have some great tracks and alice cooper as well kiss and their kiss and their masculinity was so different to what is masculinity now in the rock industry like now it's sort of more real life and a bit grungy and stuff and just like rugged handsomeness and back then masculinity was lipstick and eyeliner and blush on the cheeks and hair that is like tina turner huge hair like diana ross curls out for days and just blow dried and hair dried and colored and streaked hair with colorful scarves tied tied around their head. They're wearing leotards, which is all ripped open and fluorescent colors and nail polish and like jewelry everywhere and skin tight, like, like pants with, Oh, it was just ridiculous. It's so funny. And that was how it was sort of back then. And it was like, great music and this image was so counter to almost what the the songs were and Mm. michael sort of tapped into a little bit of that with like say his bad ensemble with all the buckles and stuff yeah 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 masculinity and rock now is so different that i that's what i love about this thing it's it's got that 80s and early 90s rock aesthetic of ridiculousness yeah there's definitely that contrast there isn't there it's it's beautiful to watch it reminds me of something bowie or yeah it's really 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 cool check it out but it was cool to see it and yeah we'll put that in the show notes and go check it out and let us know what you like about it what you don't like about it but yeah it's a good watch it's pretty cool so something pretty awesome happened a couple of weeks ago uh, during Michael Jackson's birthday weekend. Oh, actually, no, it was the weekend. It was the week before, wasn't it? Catherine Jackson's. For, uh, Kath- for Catherine, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was the week before. It was the week before in celebration, though, of the birthday a week later. Uh, Catherine put together I Just Can't Stop Loving You uh, charity weekend, which happened in Gary, Indiana on August 21st and 22nd. Uh, apparently, it was an incredible experience that a lot of people really enjoyed. Um, yeah, and I think this was, was it the fifth year that this event's happened? Yeah, it's been going for quite a few years now. I think it might have been the, the fourth or the fifth year for sure. Fifth is ringing in my head for a reason, yeah, but yeah. it was to raise money for school supplies for um, school, local school in Gary, Indiana, which was an awesome cause. Um, but we had a lot of cool coverage from it over at legendarymichaeljackson.nl. They had some great reports by Sandra, 
who is um, the MJ storybook quilt lady, actually, from Chicago. Met her on the way to Chicago. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's being edited out. (laughs) No, it's not. And if it is, it's ending up in the the end of year special. Oh, no. Actually. Yeah. You know what? We need a rule. We need a rule. If somebody does something in the show, you can't. You can't really delete it forever. It goes in the Christmas special. Mm, we'll see about that. We'll discuss <laughs> that. But yeah, um, there were some cool videos that Sandra put together and little sort of wrap-ups of the day events. Um, so the event was moved about a week before the event was moved due to possible bad weather, which thankfully looked like it didn't show up. Um, it was moved to the Genesis Convention Centre um, instead of the original location at the Roosevelt High School. So it was like, um, like a big sort of shed sort of place big convention thing with um there was like a go-kart track there was like big inflatable rides and slides and stuff and then there was the the big stage where there was the dance competition which some um incredible dancer won five thousand dollars and we had a friend that danced there as well didn't we yeah yeah jerome jerome he's been on the show hey jerome yeah we saw your video of um performing on stage so that was really awesome and congratulations for doing that yeah it was great and um so yeah we we're, we're gonna hear from him aren't we yeah we've got a little audio snippet here that jerome sent in just this morning uh giving a recap of his experiences at Catherine's i just can't stop loving you charity event how about we hit play on it now play this is jerome horn talking about my experience at the i just can't stop loving you michael jackson charity event in Gary, Indiana, uh, the weekend of August, uh, I believe it was 20 through 23rd or 20, 21st, 22nd. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was selected to be a performer in the dance contest, and I journeyed up to Gary uh, to uh, have a wonderful time and, and meet some new people. So uh, basically, I had heard about the contest on the MJ cast in one of the previous episodes, And I remembered hearing about it and I thought to myself, oh, wow, this is in Gary, Indiana. Well, I live in Indiana, in Indianapolis. I'm not far away at all. Gary is about two and a half hours away, driving-wise. And uh, so I remembered it, but then I forgot about it. I got really busy with work. And then the week of, of the event, something snapped back in my head and said, oh, wait, this event is coming up. You know, I, I really need to, I really need to go and I need to try out for this contest. So... I emailed my submission at the last minute, and I wasn't even sure if I was going to get in. And uh, in the middle of the night, I got an email. So I woke up that next day and found out, hey, you've been selected to perform. So I was I was excited, and I thought to myself, oh, wow, well, I really haven't had time to prepare anything new or prepare anything at all. So I decided to go with just doing the live version of Michael Jackson's Dangerous, because I know that like the back of my hand. It's second nature to me. And um, that's what I decided on. So I, I gathered up my stuff on that Friday, the first day of the event, uh, and proceeded to drive to Gary. And so went up to Gary. Uh, Gary, Indiana is a uh, really interesting town. Unfortunately, the town these days is really kind of run down. And that's because it used to be a manufacturing town with lots of factories. And now that those factories have closed down, uh, it took a lot of the businesses and people that used to live there away. And so there are a lot of parts of the town that have seen better days. But, uh, you know, I was just really excited and thankful to be part of this experience. And I was happy to know that 
you know, what was this event was going to be raising money for the children of Gary. So uh, when I got there, I, I, the event started at noon and I made sure to get there early and got there to the Genesis Convention Center. And there were probably about 30 or 40 people actually waiting in a line at the door when I got there. And so as I stood there, a few more people walked up. A lot of people were wearing Michael Jackson shirts and memorabilia. And, uh, you know, noon came and went. And, of course, the doors didn't open. But uh, every so often, they were, you know, you'd see one or two people walk up to the front of the line. They had security guards blocking the way, and they'd let them through. And I kept thinking, well, who are they? You know, <laughs> what's special about them? Why do they get to go through? But anyway, um, as we're waiting, this little kid, this little kid dressed up in Michael Jackson gear just comes out of nowhere and it just starts dancing just in front of everybody and is moonwalking all over the place and spinning and, you know, we're all pulling out our phones and taking pictures. It's like, who is this kid? And I, I'd never seen him before, uh, but he was pretty good. I was impressed. Uh, later, I'd come to find out that his name was Willie and he's kind of like a YouTube sensation and he actually was one of the contestants in the contest. So finally, maybe... 20 minutes after, after standing out line for 20 minutes, uh, one of the security guards yells, is there anybody else that's here that's a performer in the dance contest? And I raised my hand. He said, well, come on up. So apparently all along they were letting the, the performers in the dance contest in, and I just didn't know. So uh, they got in. Uh, it was greeted by some people. They asked me uh, what my name was and what I was performing. They took my information from me, and they asked us to bring CDs with our songs on it. So I, I, I handed them my CD, and... Uh, after that, just kind of wandered into the main part of the arena where um, for, you're greeted by this huge open space and they had a really nice stage that had these Michael Jackson balloon uh, letters of his name in an arc uh, above the stage and, you know, pretty nice stage, lots of lighting, big speakers, you know, it looked really exciting to see that that was where we were going to perform. Uh, unfortunately, you know, one of my criticisms about the event was that there seemed to be kind of an overall lack of information and organization. You know, I was expecting as a performer to get a timeline of when we were performing and order of performance and uh, just a little bit more information, but there was a lot of just standing around and waiting. Uh, so that was a little bit disappointing. But uh, other than that, you know, the cool part about being there was uh, it was just a, a wonderful time to celebrate Michael Jackson and, and be in the presence of people that are all Michael Jackson fans because up until that point, I'd never been to a Michael Jackson fan celebration of any kind. So it was just really cool that you automatically had something in common with everyone because we're all lovers of Michael. Um, so they told us eventually the dance contest was supposed to start at 2. Uh, of course, it didn't start at 2. Uh, about an hour went by, so we got to 3, three o'clock, and um, uh, they finally told us our performance order. They lined all the performers up and started talking to a few people that I met, and uh, I met an older gentleman who had been dancing uh, for several years and met he, him and his wife and had a really great conversation with them, and uh, it was just a really cool environment to be in. Uh, so after they lined us all up, uh, we kept waiting, and what we, we what I figured in the back of my mind is that we were actually waiting for the Jacksons to arrive, and that was actually what what the delay was. Um, we were waiting for Catherine and some of the other Jacksons to arrive. I uh, can't really remember who else was there. There were a lot of cousins and other extended family. I don't believe any of the brothers showed up. Uh, certainly we didn't see Janet. Of course, she was probably really busy getting ready for her tour. Um... But, uh, you know, 
Catherine arrived and uh, they, they seated her and the rest of the family in this upper balcony far away from everyone. So we could see them, but uh, never got a chance to meet them, unfortunately, or interact with them. I, I would have hoped that they would have at least given the people in the dance contest the, the, the chance to meet and greet with uh, Catherine Jackson. But anyways, um, getting back to the performance, I was number six. There were supposed to be ten people in the contest. There ended up being a few more, I think. And uh, I was the sixth person to go, and, uh, you know, it was cool getting to watch the people before me because we were all lined up, and you could see uh, the stage and watch the people. And uh, the gentleman that went on before me, man, he was he was really good. I, I was like, yeah, this guy's going to give me a run for my money. Um, but that was exciting. And so it was my turn. You know, I got on the stage, and, you know, the stage, unfortunately, they never really gave us a chance to do a sound check or do a dry run on the stage uh, beforehand, which is what I was hoping they would do, and uh, but they didn't. So you just kind of went up there cold on this stage, and uh, you know I cued the music to start and just went into performance mode. And you know I had a good time. I you know I really wasn't that happy with my performance. I'm never really pleased with any of the performances I do, to be honest. But um, you know I, I thought it was a, a a decent performance, but not a great one on my part. Um, but, you know, did the whole dangerous thing, and uh, when I finished, I uh, came off the stage and, you know, got a few compliments from people and uh, felt really good about it after what people had told me. Uh, but fast forward into the future, uh, come to find out that uh, out of the 10 or 12 people that were there, um, later on when they announced the finalists for the next day, I did not make it into the finals. Uh, so I was a little bit disappointed. You know, I, I I went into the contest thinking, I'm pretty good at this Michael Jackson dancing thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll make finals. I don't know if I'll win, but I'm pretty sure I'll make finals. And uh, I did not. So, you know, humbling experience. And, um, you know, the, to be honest with you, the, the five contestants that did make it, I mean, they were all really good. Um, so I, I really couldn't be too upset. You know, it wasn't like uh, any of the people that made it into finals weren't deserving. Um, they, they, they certainly all were deserving and, uh, it was cool. And even the eight-year-old Willie made it into finals, of course. Of course, a lot of us were saying, oh, this eight-year-old kid, you know, he's adorable and yeah, he's, he knows the moves, but we're all thinking, well, it, are they going to put him in because he's eight and adorable or because he's actually executing the moves the way, uh, you know, in, in, the way that, um, you know, would, would warrant a final spot. But anyway, uh, Good time, met a lot of great people, and it, it was just a wonderful experience overall to be in that environment. I ended up uh, buying a This Is It shirt because I never had a Michael Jackson shirt. Uh, I don't believe, I, I can't believe I've never decided to buy a Michael Jackson shirt, but uh, they had some cool shirts there. And unfortunately, some of the shirts that I wanted, people had already bought all of, all of my size, but uh, there was a This Is It shirt, so I bought that up, and then I also bought a Michael Jackson bobblehead because I saw it and I, was just, and I just could not resist. I was like, yes, I must have this bobblehead doll. So bought that. Uh, the bobblehead's kind of dressed up in the whole Billie Jean outfit, so that's really cool. So... It was nice to acquire some more Michael Jackson souvenirs and memorabilia. And uh, since I did not make the finals, I decided to leave early and I did not go back the next day. Uh, I instead went to go hang out with some friends of mine in Chicago. Met her on the way to Chicago. 
which uh, is not far from Gary. Chicago is really close by, maybe 30, 40 minutes to get to the city of Chicago from Gary. But yeah, that's my experience at the I Just Can't Stop Loving You dance contest um, and charity event for the children of Gary. There we go, folks. We've just heard from Jerome Horn, friend of the show, about his experiences at Catherine Jackson's charity event for Michael's birthday. Uh, great to hear from Jerome. I just think it's incredible, really, when you think about it, how awesome it was seeing those photos of the Jackson family outside of uh, you know their childhood home in Gary. Really great photos, some big family shots with like 20 or more people in them. Uh, beautiful, beautiful to look at. How many generations are in that shot? I'm trying to. I'm trying to think now. Well, you've got um, you've got Catherine, so that's your first generation. Yeah, and then Catherine, and then the the her kids. Yeah, and then their kids, like three. you know, the three T boys and, yep. and Jermaine's kids, and then even some of really them have got their ones. own kids. So four, so probably like, four generations. Yeah, that's incredible, and the the impact that this family from this tiny little house in little you know gary indiana the impact of that family name and the talent and just their influence through all these generations and they all came together and that was really awesome and really special Mm, amazing to look at and the family like did you see when they came out to to greet fans who could come to celebrate as well like they were so gracious and so just that jackson family grace and dignity was there totally it would have been magical to be at i saw that the um the story quilt lady sandra she's the one that like had wrote these articles yes sandra she took some of the quilts and hung them on the fence so people could see which is fantastic because those story quilts which we've spoken about in earlier shows and we'll speak again later in this show they're true works of art the, the process that goes into making them and the detail in them and it was awesome that fans got to see them hanging on the fence of Gary, Indiana, like not only being at that same place, but to, to show other people that artwork and, and let the family see it as well. I was really happy to see that. And thanks for sharing experiences on the uh, legendary Michael Jackson website with us too, Sandra, because it was good to read little recaps of the days. Yeah, definitely. I hope one day that I get to go to, to Gary and check some of those locations out as well, even, even if it's not for, the charity event, but just to be able to go there. Yeah, indeed. I do think the charity event would be the, the time of the, go, yeah. the year to go for sure. That'd be awesome. Mm, mm. So another Jackson release is coming out. It's sort of like a little mini release and from it's a little remix EP by Latoya Jackson. Um, her song Trouble is coming out on the little remix EP. I imagine a digital download. I don't know if it's a physical thing. I'm just going there now. It's the articles at Vibe Records, isn't it? Or Vibe On Records or something? VibeOnRecords.com. I'm not really sure. I mean, I I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know the song Trouble. so. Well, it was uh, held off the original release. And um, I think another artist released it first. Oh. And, and then I think they did release it on... Um, like a special edition of one of Latoya's albums. Yeah. Wow. I love the artwork. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I love the font. Yeah. I was just going to say that typeface is beautiful. It's really like mm. um, just simple and, yeah, it's and the gold, the texture across yep. it looks really great. I love her um, look in that, just the makeup and the lighting and 
that, that photo that they've put down on the page a little bit, like not the one up the top, but the one where it's, yep. she's got like bright pink lipstick um, holding that golden microphone. That looks really cool. We've got to use, we should use that picture. If we ever get Latoya on the show, we should use that picture because she's holding a microphone. Well, if we can. One day it'll if happen. We, if we can, yeah, and if we can get permission and stuff. So on the <laughs> website, you can actually listen to samples of the 10 tracks. Um, it's an 11-track EP. Uh, I'd say, there you go, CD only bonus track. So there is a physical thing with a, a, a like another track on it. But the digital release is 10 tracks. It's 10 remixes of the song Trouble. Um, I like some of them. I can, like, I'm too old to go clubbing and stuff, sadly. Um, I've still got some went, dance in me, but... You went clubbing like a month ago. Me? Yeah. What? No. Yes, Where? you did. You put. You said something. You put. You sent me some messages saying you were going out to a club. You went to like a. No, a that was like a. That was like a bar for drinks. It was oh. Like, yeah. No. 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 It was not a club. It was like a bar, like a restaurant. Like you know, there's tables for food and stuff, and then there was. It's a bar, oh. and it was for, for drinks for someone that was leaving his work. It wasn't a club. Oh my god, no. In my mind, you were like at some nightclub somewhere, moonwalking with the hubs tearing up the floor. Well, he'd be standing in a corner shaking his head going, oh, my God, he's so embarrassing. He wouldn't be doing that on the dance floor. I'm imagining the scene from Smooth Criminal where Michael's, like, with the with the girl just, like, doing the jazz-style dancing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Hubs would be the one in, like, the soldier's helmet above. And he's like, I'm going to shoot this window out. With a machine gun. <laughs> Q, it's time to go. Shut this stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> It's Love time it. to go home. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's pretty cool that like, you know, some DJs are, are getting tracks that, you know, are so sort of obscure and then remixing them and maybe they'll be in the clubs and stuff. But that's pretty cool. Here's a little sample of Trouble. There we go. It's a little sample from the new Latoya Jackson uh, EP coming out, Trouble La Remixes. From Grammy award-winning Latoya Jackson. Did you know? I didn't know she won a Grammy. When did she get a Grammy? And a Grammy for songwriting um, for Jimmy Cliff and the Power and the Glory. Uh, it hasn't got a year here, but yeah. Huh. But she's released nine albums through 1980 to 1995. Um, she got her own label, JTAL Records, in 2003. But, yeah, there you go. She's a Grammy Award winner, which is pretty cool. You know what my favourite Latoya Jackson song is? No. Oh, let me guess, let me guess. Yeah. Home? No, no, no. I do like that one. It's called... 
I think it's called Wicked Love or Such a Wicked Love or something like that. Okay. TJ yep. TJ showed it to me like years ago, and it's got her like performing it some on some television special somewhere. It looks like it's in like South America or something, and mm-hmm. she's in this really tight high waisted like jeans, and it's a great great song. Wicked Love. It's kind of it's very eighties, very very late eighties, but. Yeah, my favorite Latoya song is "Home," the tribute song she did for Michael, and I believe filmed the video at Neverland. I think it looks like Neverland to me. Um, I love that song. That's beautiful incredible. Song. So beautiful, like beautiful vocals, just beautiful lyrics, beautiful track, and I love the video too. That's my favorite. Should we go to an ad break? Okay, done. <laughs> Over the years, Michael Jackson has thrilled us with his music, his singing, his dancing. Now he's stirring our senses like never before with two dangerously seductive scents. Mystique de Michael Jackson for women. Legion de Michael Jackson for men. Too dangerous to be sold in any store. These exclusive scents are available for the very first time, only through this special offer, and for a limited time only. And while these scents were meant to be worn, their bottles were designed to be saved and collected. Each features a fantastic holographic image of Michael's face that seems to turn and smile right at you. Remember, this is a special limited offer, so please reserve your order now for yourself as a very special gift for any Michael Jackson fan and for the collector's value of the truly unique bottles themselves. Call the number on your screen. Have your Visa or MasterCard ready and call now. Or send check or money order for $29.95 plus $4.50 shipping and handling to this address. Order for yourself or for a friend. Call now. Let Michael Jackson stir your senses like never before with Mystique de Michael Jackson for women, Legend de Michael Jackson for men. Too dangerously seductive scents. Too dangerous to be sold in any store. Remember, this is a special limited offer, available for a limited time only. Call the number on your screen. Call now. How did you go, Jamin? Did you order some Legend de Michael Jackson? Mm, I definitely got some. I'm going to be putting that on tomorrow. <laughs> your French has improved. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I actually did go to a French school for a bit, um, like a couple of terms, and I was, yeah, horrendous student and learned basically nothing. I can't even count in French. But um, that, how funny is that ad? I want to get that perfume bottle. It's pretty cool. Check out the video. We'll put it in the show notes. But that was actually the only hologram Michael Jackson actually legitimately ever posed for. <laughs> and authorised. And authorised. It's a real thing. He actually sat for that and they did some special camera thing to capture that for the hologram. And it got used on these to Michael Jackson. What is it? Laserized Michael Jackson for women or something. Hilarious stuff. Very, very cool. I wonder if there's any of that still left somewhere in a bottle. Yeah, I'm sure that probably didn't last and smell that great anymore. <laughs> so the 2015 PBS Artsfall Festival. What's this all about? So uh, PBS is a network in the US and I guess this is their like TV fall festival and they're kicking off its fifth season with the Unity, the Latin tribute to Michael Jackson televised concert um, by Tony Sukkar who put that incredible Unity album out um, and the special will be hosted by Sheila E and is being televised um, in the US on Friday the 9th of October, um, 9 till 10 o'clock Eastern time in the US. Um, so it, and hopefully we'll maybe get some sort of 
on SBS in Australia, they did a Unity um, making of documentary. So maybe we'll get that on SBS in Australia at some point as well because the album is um, for sale here in Australia. I think in SBS stores and also like in JB Hi-Fi and it has the SBS sticker on it. Yeah, I've seen it um, in JB. It's a great album. I think it was one of our episodes, how long ago? It would have been one of our two, earlier episodes. Yeah, maybe episode two or three, yeah. four. Yeah, we talked all about the Unity album. Great I've got it, it in the car actually and I love it. It's really good. Yeah. There's some great tracks on it. Some that I love more than others, but no, it's, I, I was so happy I actually found it and got the album. Um, but yeah, this is like a big sort of concert with a, like a live show with the singers um, doing it with a live band and it will be like a pretty cool stage. It looked like the stage set up looked pretty cool as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've seen some of their live stuff on YouTube and if there's anything that Tony's really well known for and, and the performers he... Uh, has any shows it's it's absolutely how how skilled and amazing they sound as a live band so definitely check this one out because their music isn't just something that sounds great on an album it's something that's really organic and natural live uh it's incredible i sort of um as much as i love the album i would also love a instrumental version of the album Mm, agreed completely yeah it'd be great thing just to put on in the background and yeah, if they reissued it and like a disc two could just be the instrumental because that alone is so just like we were talking about before with the um the Quechua language, like mm. music just translate translates into this completely different sound but retains everything. Yeah, exactly. It's like melodies are universal. It doesn't matter what country you're in or who you're talking to. It's like you know melodies are timeless they're universal and they can be translated in all different kind of styles so um i think as an official product this is probably the best release that has happened in the last 12 months for sure yeah definitely and and you know props to the michael jackson estate as well who were very very on board with this they put you know their full force behind uh promoting the album for tony and it really was a very, very respectful, great release that has had a great impact on fans all around the world. Yeah, I think it's sort of become a lot bigger than even what sort of Tony um, had envisioned. And and I'm glad that it's sort of still going strong and spreading and, and it's been received so well. Yeah. Um, but definitely, if I recommend to get any product from the last 12 months or whatever, then I would say get the Unity album because... Yeah, it's so well done, and just hearing the music in this in this way is so unique. And yeah, it, it was so respectfully done, and you can hear the love that has gone into this. Yeah, totally. It's an incredible album. I really want to listen to it now. Actually, you've got me want got me want to <laughs> want to pop it on. I've got the iTunes well, version you... of it. I don't have the physical album version, but I, I do have a digital copy on my iTunes. Cool. Well, that's what you can listen to when you're doing your uh, vacuuming later, maybe. <laughs> or marking. I've got so much Oh, marking. yeah, your schoolwork to do. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit draining at the moment. but. <laughs> so before we were talking about um, the Jacksons and the different generations, mm. and there's going to be another reality show coming out called The Jacksons' Next Generation. I'm hoping they're all wearing Lycra like in Star Trek, the next generation. <laughs> I doubt it. From what I've seen, that's not the direct direction that it's gone in. Starring Patrick Stewart 
as Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation he Starship Enterprise. He has not aged. Well, I saw him in a little video. Oh, okay. So we were watching trailers on the Apple TV, I think it was, and the old science fiction movie from the 80s, Dune. Yeah, Dune. That's a yeah. – da- is it David Fincher or – no, David Lynch? David Lynch, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, so Patrick Stewart was in that, and this was in the 80s. He looks exactly the same. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what... It's like he that... came out born looking like that. <laughs> he didn't have any hair when he was born, so he probably did. Ouch. Crazy. <laughs> no, he... T- I don't think... You go. I don't know what he what he eats, what his diet's like, but that dude is like perpetually the same. Like Janet. <gasps> maybe they're eating the same food. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so the show looks great. I mean, the trailer's out. You can watch it at the, in the show notes if you follow the link. It's being put out uh, through the, I think it's called the Lifetime Network. Uh, it's going to premiere. The first episode is going to premiere on Lifetime on October 2nd at 10 p.m. Eastern time. But it's a show that's definitely gotten my attention. That's for sure. I've seen the trailer now and I've seen some interviews with the with the uh, 3T boys talking about the show. And it's something that looks respectful and like a very, very interesting, fascinating insight into how they operate as musicians and, and brothers within the Jackson family. I see you've got an excerpt here from Entertainment Weekly. Did you want me to read some of that? Yeah, let's let's read some for the for the listeners. So the series will follow TJ, Taj, and Tyrell, the sons of Jackson Five member and Michael's brother Tito Jackson, and it will even feature appearances by Michael's three kids, Prince, Paris, and Blanket. I'm I'm going to just guess maybe that's a very quick cameo, like in the Latoya show. They're only in like one scene, yeah. really, in one episode. So it'll be something like that. Um, episodes will delve into the professional and personal lives of TJ, the 34-year-old father of four and legal co-guardian of his uncle Michael's kids, um, the 39-year-old father of two with a very complicated relationship with his son's mother, which would be Tarrell, who? Tarrell and the 41, 41-year-old Taj. No way. Was, what? How? They look like they're in their 30s. Like early thirty. Yeah, Taj doesn't look what? forty-one at all. That's that's he, that's insane. He's a forty-one-year-old Taj. He's eating whatever Patrick Stewart's eating. <laughs> yes, my God, we're going to the wrong grocery stores. <laughs> it's all the lollies I'm eating, probably. Yeah. Um, so Taj is pursuing careers in music and film directing uh, when he's not defending the family name, which he is currently doing again. And hats off to him and my love and respect for him for doing that. They work very hard doing that to respect Michael's name. Um, so the Jacksons, the next generation, will show these siblings raising their children, coping with the stresses of being a Jackson, which includes dealing with the constant rumours, stalkers and frauds who all want a piece of anything and anyone related to the family's legacy. Um, and performing also with their R&B group 3T, whose 1995 album Brotherhood went triple platinum and is pretty much how most of us know the boys. I wonder how we'll be able to access this show here in Australia. I don't know. Hopefully not on Foxtel because I haven't got Foxtel. I'll just see what happens. It'll be on different places, maybe on YouTube. Who knows where they're going to put it up, but I'm def- definitely going to try and watch it any way I can. I'm so fascinated. I think they're great musicians. I hope. I just hope there's some scenes or something with them in the studio or mm-hmm, working definitely. creatively because I, I just think 3T is one of the most underrated bands ever. Like... When you, they've released two albums. The first one did really well, like Mega Platinum. The second one did really well in Europe, and I don't know if it did amazingly well commercially in the United States. But in my opinion, it's 
as good or better than the first album. Like, I just think they're musically incredible, incredible guys. And I just hope that that is showcased somehow in the show, whether it's them rehearsing or recording in the studio and putting together new music or whatever it is. Hope to see that. Fingers crossed. Indeed. Indeed. No, I think it'll be cool. And I've, I've already seen it online. Um, people are like, oh, they're cashing in. You know, they're just cashing in on the name and stuff. And to those people, really? Because guess what? Their surname is Jackson. That is their name. And they're entertainers. So yeah, they're doing their job. Are what there really are people saying doing? that? Yeah, but they say that with everything. They're saying that about the Jackson tour now with the, the brothers touring. Oh. They're just cashing in on Michael and his name. And but they are the Jacksons. Like, How can they cash in on themselves? They are the Jacksons. It's their legacy. That is their job. It's their music. Yeah, Michael's not there anymore. It, you know what? If but... Michael was putting something out right now, there would be people saying Michael was cashing in on himself. <laughs> people like... Oh, possibly. The negativity... Yeah, like the negativity is there, but it's important to remember that it's always been there. It's even been there before Michael died. Like there's always naysayers. There's always people that are going to bash things to have their five seconds of fame and have people listen to them but at the end of the day no matter what the jacksons are incredible musicians they've got an incredible artistic legacy that you know has gone on for spans 50 years yeah yeah exactly the more music from them the better the more entertainment from them the better they don't owe us anything they don't have to put out a tv show but they're doing it because they want to entertain us they're, yeah, they're that entertainers. Is their job. That's what they want to do. It's in their blood to be entertainers, and that's what they're doing. They're creating entertainment. Entertainment now is different to what entertainment was when they started. So, this, yeah, those people say that they're cashing in. They're, that's their name. That's their job. They're not cashing in. They're working for money. So, back off. Exactly. Seriously, it pisses me off when people say stuff like that. Oh. Like the Jacksons, you know, touring now. It's like they're not cashing in. That's anyway. I'm repeating myself. And I'm what does that even mean, before. cashing in? We live in a capitalist society where money makes the world go round. Like, what is cashing in? If someone puts together a great product, no one's forcing you to buy it. Nobody is forcing anyone to sit down and watch the Jacksons, the next generation. But that's it, so true. It's there yeah. if you want to engage with it. Like, yep. It's not compulsory, it's complimentary. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. I can't wait for yep. it, regardless of what anyone's saying. It's going to be awesome. Check it out. We're going to promote the heck out of it because it's going to be awesome. Do you know some of the other kids did reality show a few years ago as well? The Jermaine's family did a show. Oh, did that? Was that Growing Up Jackson? I think that was called. I ha- they've done a few. I haven't seen that one. I saw the one that they did after Michael died, and it was all about the Jacksons getting back together to do a new album that eventually didn't come out. But there was a great scene in that at the end of the show with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis sitting in the studio with the Jackson brothers brainstorming music and putting together music. Ooh. That was awesome. So, yeah, there's been a couple of good ones. And there was also one I- I've never seen, but... There's a very famous picture of Michael Jackson walking in, I think it was Los Angeles or Las Vegas or something, holding a disc like a DVD. And if you zoom in and look really closely on the DVD, it actually says the title of a live reality Jackson show that came out before he died. I think it's them in the UK or something. Do you remember that show where they were like in the UK? I think I'm, I've never seen it, but I think I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been a few. There's been at least three Jackson's reality shows so far, and then of course Latoya's one as well. So and they've all been pretty high quality. So I'm looking forward to watching it. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I think this will be incredible. Like these boys are so talented and have such beautiful families and they, they're so, that's the thing that all of these, I, I think they're very respectful of how they do stuff. So and very, I'm looking forward to it. And very humble. So humble. I think that's such a that trait of the family. They're so humble. Yeah, they, they never grandstand themselves. They never say, oh, we're the greatest that ever did it, even though they are. But they're just, they're so humble. And it's just a, a trait that I admire definitely and try to, you know, employ in my life whenever I can. But yeah, that's just me. There we are. Cool. Good luck to them. Can't wait. So. So what have you been up to? What did you do for Michael's birthday? Stayed at home, watched a concert. I think I watched, uh, what did I watch? History Munich 97, I think. And uh, I think I watched Michael Jackson and Friends live in Germany uh, to celebrate. So, yeah, watched a bit of live stuff and had a pretty good day. It was a pretty positive day. Sometimes I get really down when it's special Michael Jackson anniversary events thinking about you know, what happened in 2009. But, you know, this was a really positive one. I was just reflecting and enjoying the day and watching some great footage and having a lot of fun on my own because, you know, living out in the middle of nowhere, there's not really people I can get together with and enjoy Michael stuff with. But, yeah, and I had a good time. And I believe you had a great time as, as well in Perth. Yeah, I so I went to um, a little lunch at Fast Eddie's um, in Perth and... We ended up raising $70 on the day for charity. Uh, so half of that went to Telethon, which is um, for the children's hospital here in Perth, which Michael actually appeared on. The, and every year they do like a telecast and Michael appeared on the, I think it was 1983 yeah. when he came to Perth. Um, so we, we supported Telethon and then we also supported, it was... Um, Michael Jackson's legacy charity, which is currently doing school bags for kids to go to school in, I think it's part of Sri Lanka, which was back in uh, a few years ago hit by the tsunami. Mm. So uh, the other money went to that. And then beautiful Michelle Jackson, she bumped up the total so that we could pay for a full school bag um, from her own pocket as well. But yeah, so there was um, Justine, Julie, Michelle, myself, and Shen Shen, I think the other lovely girl that came a little bit through the lunch, she had a bit of trouble finding the place. Uh, so yeah, it was it was. Uh, I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed that some people didn't come, especially because people RSVP'd yes on the Facebook like, why uh, do pe- group. Yeah, yeah, why do people RSVP yes on Facebook for events and stuff, and then they don't show? Yeah. Like, just say maybe. Like, but the venue is great, and I think we'll be using the venue again for um, some other events. The staff at Fast Eddie's were fantastic. We had our own little outdoors section. I'm um, oh, sorry, upstairs section. They they sort of let me hang some um, decorations. I, I had some flags from the '90s. These sort of like silk screen printed flags. They looked so awesome. Are they the ones you put up. in the windows? Yeah, I put one in the window that was facing outside. Um, and it sort of looked like a cool Michael stained glass window. It looked awesome. Off there. It was the LA, LA gear shoot yeah. in the red shirt where he's smiling up. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a really good lunch. And it was just cool seeing the girls again because we had the party last year for his birthday as well. And just chatting and talking about not only, you know, stuff in life and what we've been up to, but just Michael's stuff. And I don't know, like I was hearing some stories, like I had heard Julie's stories before, um, 
Julie had met Michael when he came to Perth for the history tour. She she was quite sick growing up as a kid. And at the hotel arrival um, in Scarborough at the big hotel on the beach where Michael was staying, when he arrived and I was there amongst all the screaming fans, he parked like down at the end of the driveway and then got out of the car and it was all cordoned off with little fences and police and stuff. Um, but there were literally like thousands of fans there that day mm. and um, all pressed up against the thing. Julie was up with other people on the entrance to the hotel staircase and she got to hug Michael and meet Michael. So like some of the other people hadn't heard that story. So it was cool hearing that again. And then there was just interesting hearing stories like of Justine growing up a big Michael Jackson fan and how that sort of, um, you know, didn't gel with her, her parents at the time and how at one point she had, like, got rid of her whole collection, which she sort of looks back on now and go, oh, I wish I never did that. And then there was um, beautiful Michelle who she only became a fan after Michael died and it was really interesting to hear, you know, because there's, you know, oh, you're not a real fan. You you weren't around in the 80s or 90s or whatever and weren't there for this, this and this. But there are genuine fans out there who had no interest in Michael. He was just not on their radar. Like she was saying, you know, she was, I, I'm not sure if she was a single mum in the suburbs or she was a mum anyway growing up in the suburbs with with kids. Michael just was not on her radar at all. There's so many people at, like that, especially really young people because – you know, even if you think about my era, like I became a fan in 2001. I was super lucky because I became a fan when Michael did the 30th anniversary special and Invincible. So I, I experienced one era only. Everything after that for 10 years, Michael wasn't really, you know, doing anything musical very much. So there's so many fans that became fans after Invincible even or after his death that weren't around to experience him really when he was in his prime. So, yeah, there's lots of new, new fans out there, especially, you know, a lot of our listeners are very, very new fans to be, to the Michael Jackson world. And, um, yeah, it doesn't mean they're any less of a fan. You can't help it when you become a fan. So I think the good thing with, like, new fans is when they educate themselves. Yes, yes. Like, don't just take everything at face value. Like, if you, if you truly love Michael, you will want to learn about Michael and what made his legacy what it is. So, like, for Michelle, example, like, when he passed away, it hit her ton of, like, a ton of bricks, and she had no idea why, because she, Michael was not even on her radar before, like, not yeah. even, didn't own a single thing, you know, yeah, listening in the car, you might hear a song at some point, but just not on the radar at all. When Michael died, it hit her so hard, mm. and really changed her whole life, and she is now, like, this massive fan, she's truly educated herself like reading everything she can learning everything she can watching everything she can um thank god for youtube and things like that um and michael really changed her life and it was just such a beautiful story and how she the the analogy she gave was like when michael passed like his sort of magic then like a glitter bomb spread over the world and it hit some people in the heart and change those people, I guess, into, you know, what we would sometimes call ourselves, you know, Michael's army of love. And so his impact came from above after he passed and has completely affected these, these wonderful people. And 
started new fans. Yeah, totally. Totally with you. Those are a beautiful analogy, Q. I've never heard you say it quite like that. Glitter bomb covering well, the world. That's, man. That's that's sort of how Michelle described it. Yeah. And I was like, I can, you know, we can all sort of visualize that. And I was like, that's so beautiful. Just, yeah. And, you know, she would get teary telling this story. And it was amazing seeing Michael's power now still affect people the way that it would affect, you know, us when we became fans back then. And it just sort of goes to show the the power that he has to change people's lives. Yes, totally agree. Totally. So, but yeah, no, it was a good day. And um, I know over in Sydney, they had um, the MJ Book Club with uh, Karen O'Halloran and Mary put together some events in Sydney and it went really well. And actually the MJ Book Club is going to be doing events in other Australian cities as well. Mm. So we'll put a link up to the Facebook group um and and yeah so even perth next year is in april i think it is we're going to have a little mj book club but it's such as that was i didn't realize it was the first um event that they'd organized for the mj book club Uh, but it was such a great concept and apparently such a success that now they're going to be doing it in other cities and it just shows what fans can do for michael you know just put a little bit of effort in and sort of you're not reaping rewards but you're rewarding others eat others yeah totally by organizing these little events and bringing people together and you know it might be awkward meeting new people and but you generally like have such a great time and then you make new friends and it's just like me and you talking about michael now and it's so good to be able to do that with people who who can understand it and who share the same passion so you shouldn't be afraid out there of like reaching out to other fans and organizing little things like this because example like the MJ book club, like such a simple idea where, you know, little snacks and drinks and talk about Michael and look at some of the books that have come out or whatever. It was such a great concept that's working and it's such a simple thing that people could do everywhere. Exactly. We live in, I guess like, you know, today in today's day and age, we live in such a digital, digital age. It's easy to engage with things like Facebook and podcasts and all kind of things on your own and that's fine but there's nothing like getting together you know just in real time with real people in a real space with a big group of fans just sitting down just talking about michael listening to music yeah engaging with it doing it safely you know don't give out your phone number and address Mm. on the internet and stuff like that and you know if you were to meet up with other fans do that safely um, let people know where you're going. Probably what I would suggest is to any of our, you know, younger listeners or any listeners out there that want to get together with people, you know, and, and do cool Michael stuff is, you know, become a member of like a club, like a, a, a well-known club. Like uh, there's a lot out there, big Michael Jackson fan clubs and even little ones. Like you can join them and then check out, you know, where they're advertising meetups and things like that and go with a with a big group where people get together from a well-known fan club. You can have a lot yeah, of fun. or bring you know, bring a parent if you're young or whatever, yeah. so they can meet people as well. Like, do things safely. Yes, definitely. But don't forget the social aspect of social media. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's not an isolation tool. Like, you should isolation use social media. media to be social. <laughs> definitely. So yeah, because things have changed since we grew up like you know with fan clubs like where you would get a kit in the mail of posters and a fan card and stuff like that yeah it used to all be done through magazines didn't it like there were big like mag you'd you'd become a member you'd subscribe to you know king magazine or something like that and that's how you'd find out about 
Michael Jackson news or, and yeah newsletters. You get like quarterly newsletters. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Things are so different now. It's amazing how many transitions it's gone through. So it like started out like newsletters and magazines, and then went to probably big internet forum fan clubs, and then now has even shifted away from that in a little you know to some degree. To some there degree. are still forums out there. There's some yeah, out there, but it has shifted more towards social networking. Yeah. Mm. Technology sort of changed the way we are fans now and, in a big way. And even we, as the MJ cast, we're always thinking about like what avenues are we using to get this information out there. Like, even though we're sitting here recording a show on a microphone and calling it a podcast, you know that that could be on YouTube, Tumblr, anywhere. Like, there's always different ways to get this information out to people. Always changing, always. And I'll take this opportunity to say thank you for listening to our show and like. Like sometimes we talk about stuff and like you say, your favorite phrase, Damon, it could be a bit inside baseball. <laughs> and I think we saw recently with some online stuff that happened that all of that stuff, because we are involved in social media to a degree, it seems quite big. But when we actually look at the listeners mm. of our show, it's a tiny, tiny single digit percentage of our listeners is actually active on social media so you can scream and shout all you want on social media and rant and rave and bully people but you are such a small voice in the complete big picture that it doesn't even matter like just swoosh it away like a fly it's incredible looking at those stats because yeah it's it's one of the biggest mindset shifts i think we've had since starting the show is when we kind of began the show we were targeting all of the people on our social media networks like facebook and twitter and all those big mj networks and and you know to some degree that's really really good and we still do that because that's the people that probably know the most i guess about about michael uh, other people that are active online uh, yeah, and we enjoy doing it as well. Yeah, but like, but like you said, when you actually look at our statistics, most of our downloads, the most of that, the people that we engage with are people that we don't communicate with. They're downloading our show directly through iTunes or podcast catches um, on their devices directly through searching us in like the iTunes store and things like that. So they they listen to our show. They don't necessarily engage with us, but the people that we do engage with on Twitter and Facebook and those different places, a very, very small fraction to, compared to our audience now. So yeah, it's, it's always very interesting. And we, we have to be careful to keep our show balanced so that we're not talking about all that inside baseball stuff that's going on on the social networks and the different you know, personalities in the MJ community interacting. We want to keep it a little bit more broad just to appeal to everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. So thank you to our listeners. And, and I hope that at least maybe you're checking out the show notes over at the MJcast.com um, to see like the videos and stuff that we're, we're telling you about um, and, and maybe get interested in some other things like that we link to like the unity album and stuff like that, that we talk about. So I hope at least that they're going to mjcast.com and checking out the show notes and links, but yeah. Hello to everyone that we don't talk to on social media, because <laughs> as we've discovered, that's such a small, tiny single percentage. So we're so grateful to everyone that listens. So thank you very much. Best way to get the news out as well about the MJ cast. If you do enjoy listening to our show is even if you're somebody that doesn't engage with us on social media, still jump on the MJcast.com and hit the share links on every time we post a show on there. So when you get your show in your iTunes podcast app, that means that we've put a new show up like 
a new post, I should say, on our website as well. So make sure to go to the mjcast.com, click the share link when you're listening to it, get the information out to your networks that there's a new episode out because that's the best way that we can um, grab new listeners as well if you, if you love the show. So thank you, definitely. And don't forget to subscribe. If, if you are listening um, on a device or something that you can subscribe, then don't forget, subscribe, hit that subscribe button and then you'll be constantly up to date. You'll get this like alert as soon as this is out online for you. Totally. And if you want to engage with us on any of our different platforms, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash the MJCast. We're on Twitter at twitter.com slash the MJCast. Instagram at instagram.com slash the MJCast. Uh, we're on Tumblr as well. I don't exactly know what the URL is for that. I think you do, Q. Yes, I do. It is... Uh, the mjcast.tumblr.com. Yep, and you can check us out on our official website, themjcast.com too. Lots of ways to get in contact with us. If you want to email us, we are themjcast at icloud.com. We love hearing from our listeners, different opinions on the show and everything. It's really exciting getting mail, so please send that mail through. And if you want, even give us a rating. Jump on iTunes, um, look at our page on iTunes and give us a whatever rating you want, hopefully five stars, please, and, and give us a review. And that's a really great way to get the word out about our show on iTunes because then it you know ranks up in the different iTunes listings. And also giving us, like, when that happens, we get feedback and yeah. know what, what to change or what you love. We don't want this show to be just what we want, our vision. We want it to be fluid and to get better and better over time based on what our listeners want. So make sure you give us feedback so we can tweak the show here and there to improve it. Cool. I am your joy, your best of joy. I am the moon that you ride as bring our lives a sacred thing. You know I always will love you.
Wasn't that a cool little song? That's uh, Best of Joy, remixed by Nick and the Country Club Martini crew. A nice, breezy, summer-style mix of one of my favorite Michael Jackson tracks, Best of Joy. Uh, Interesting song. It has a very, very long history, dating right back to the early 90s or even before. Uh, and it was there's a lot of uh, iterations of that song until finally it was remixed by Nephew for the Michael album that came out in 2010. Definitely my favorite track off that album. Uh, great, great song. And it was put out by Nick, remixed by Nick for Michael's birthday as a tribute. What did you think of it, Q? I really love that song, um, Best of Joy. And what I love a lot about the remix is that it sort of keeps the essence of the song. Yes. Like it's just not a... Like, it's not changing it to, like, a death metal or something. <laughs> Completely opposite. Can you imagine a death metal oh, best of God. joy version? No. Talk about contrast. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad it's not like that. It's, I love when it sort of keeps the essence of the song. It's Yeah, I really love that mix. Great job, guys. I don't know how he made it because it's like, it sounds like he had access to the acapella because you can't, the only thing that you can hear from the nephew version of it is, like, those synth like there's like synth or something behind the voice but that's it like everything else it's it's gone away it sounds like he had access to some kind of acapella to put that together i don't know how they did it but it sounds beautiful um have you heard on the radio that easy love song no by sigala no i don't really listen to the radio probably a good thing because there's not a lot of good (laughs) stuff on it but it's um a remix of um, Jackson Five song and it samples like Michael and, and the vocals. Oh, cool! And I think Tito was in the studio when they were putting it together. I have to check that out. Um, so yeah, we'll put a link. But it's a beautiful, beautiful song for summer, which we're coming into mm. in Australia now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a great song, and there's a really awesome video. Actually, we definitely have to put that in the show notes of these kids like dancing to it. I'll check that out on YouTube and put it in the show notes. It's a really good song. And that's why I I like that as well, because it sort of keeps, I don't know, it it somehow keeps the essence of that original track. Mm. So check it out. Do you want to do finds of the week? Yeah, totally. I had, I found one I've really been impressed by. It's actually something I haven't done yet, but it's a find of the week that's fashion related. It's a new t-shirt that's just come out. uh, It's got artistic work on it. Uh, by a, a beautiful, beautiful, uh, amazing artist by the name of Diana Walshack. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Diana is, she was she's a sculptor who originally sculpted, she was commissioned by Michael to sculpt the statue, the history statue that appears on the front of the history album and the different history DVDs that came out around that time as well in a fuller-sized version. Uh, and it's a beautiful statue that was photographed and put on those on those products, and and, what, and in the short film, and in the short film, oh, teaser, the teaser, absolutely, my favorite short film. Mm. And what she's done is is she's actually made a t shirt, I believe, uh, as a way of also celebrating Kingvention, which is a big uh, Michael Jackson convention happening in London uh, very very soon, I think even today, and she's. Put together this great T-shirt. It's a it's a it's a T-shirt that the one on the website. It's actually grey. It's kind of like um like a grey sort of color, and it's actually got a, I don't know how to explain it really, but it's got like a, a stylized version of the metallic bullet sort of chain things that you can see going over Michael's chest in the history statue, and the and the 
gold belt as well and she's taken those elements and kind of created a sketch looking version of that and put that on the front of this gray t-shirt so it kind of like looks like you're wearing that military style um stuff that michael's got on in the history statue but on the front of your t-shirt and it's done in a really stylized cool artistic way it's got her beautiful looking signature at the bottom of that it just says diana in handwriting with a little love heart instead of the, the dot above the eye uh, and then on, on the back of the T-shirt, it says, uh, instead of history, it says his statue uh, celebrating 20 years of history. I think it's an absolutely beautiful way of uh, acknowledging that this year is the 20th year of the, the history album. Diana's done an incredible job. She is continuing on Michael's legacy in her way using her art. And I just recommend anybody that is interested in, in, in T-shirts and fashion and and celebrating michael publicly wearing great shirts check out uh kingofshop.com it's got hyphens in it though or little dashes so it's www.king-of-shop.com uh it's 20 pounds and lots of different sizes going from small all the way up to extra large and just on that one color though of gray but a beautiful beautiful design by diana wolchak so make sure you check that kingofshop.com out and grab the t-shirt such a simple concept i sort of surprised that it never even happened on the tour t-shirts actually yeah it's a a simple idea it's an incredible idea and it's uh going to be available as well you can if you if anyone's going to kingvention you can check it out there i think she's going to have it on display and for sale there because she's actually going there to talk about her experiences with michael and to, if you want to get it through the website, though, it's only available like through pre-order at the moment and shipping starts uh, September 19th, which is in exactly one week's time. Nice. Good find. Very cool. What's your find? Mine's, mine's um, a little bit. We've been talking uh, a lot about the Jacksons during this show. And after the birthday lunch I did for Michael Jackson's birthday, I me and one of the other ladies went to uh, JB Hi-Fi, which is like the big chain here for physical media, music and stuff like that and technology stuff. And I finished sort of a few gaps I had in my album collection and I got a little box set called uh, The Jacksons Original Album Classics. It's a five-disc set and it contains the albums, like I mentioned before, The Jacksons, Going Places, destiny triumph and victory now i have victory triumph and destiny probably a couple of times from different releases but i was missing uh the album the jacksons which was their first album with um epic when jermaine stayed with motown and the brothers left jermaine uh this was their first album so it includes randy and they had to rename themselves as the jacksons and then followed up by Gone Places. Those were the two albums I was sort of missing from the, this era. And this set was 20 bucks. It was like $19.99 for five albums. It's incredible it's value. So cool. It's like $4 something an album, whatever it is. And like, um, so I think they've been remastered, but, and it doesn't have all the, the linear notes from the records, but it replicates the LP artwork in little cardboard sleeves. Mm. So it even says, like, printed on the back like it was back then on the record, side one, enjoy yourself, you know, think happy, good times, and then side two. 
and it's got all the little credits on the back of the album and the little logos that would have been there. And it's like, you know, not the greatest quality. It's really, I really love the packaging. It's a really beautiful set. Um, and so in the car, I've been sort of high rotation other than the Unity album. This is when I've been driving and not when the Hubs is in the car as well. But <laughs> I've been uh, high rotation of the Jacksons album and going places. And there was even a few tracks on those albums that I don't think I'd heard before. So there's some incredible stuff on there. And I, I sort of don't understand when – I can understand that fans don't like all music, but I can't understand why they would just ignore complete eras because – there wasn't just like the off the wall era and the thriller era onwards. There was the J five era, which was long enough. And then there was the Jackson's era. So he's like five albums, which are incredible. And there's some really like not only beautiful stuff, but stuff that stands head and shoulders above stuff that's on the radio now. Yeah. Especially, you know, those first two albums, they're, they're really, um, underrated and not, they're not listened to very much like a lot of people when they think of the jacksons they go straight to destiny straight to um triumph and, and and victory but those first two albums when the jacksons first went to epic they they're fully produced by the philadelphia soul uh production duo kenneth gamble and leon huff and they've got a very very distinct kind of sound to them very uh upbeat very positive kind of great soul music and a lot of fans like the Jacksons didn't have a great commercial success with those two albums, but that doesn't mean that they're not great music. It's incredible music. And especially the song going places talking about, you know, the Jacksons performing at different places all around the world and, and experiencing different countries. And it's, there's just like a vibe of positivity and innocence about those records that really strikes um, me as, as great. Definitely all of those albums, there is that positivity Mm. in them. I think, um, and like, there's the the there's always like an anthem. So like on a going places, it's man of war. Yeah, that's an incredible anthem. Like you know, he wasn't just doing men in the mirror and songs like that from the bad era onwards. He was the not just him. The brothers were doing these songs right back in like you know Jackson Five era and right through the Jacksons era as well. So there's like man of war is a terrific uh, anthem. Um, Destiny, that would be like another anthem song. Definitely. So if you're a Jackson's fan, if you're a Michael Jackson fan listening and and you're listening to Off the Wall onwards, you got to deep dive. you got to go back to the Jacksons and the Jackson 5 because there's some incredible stuff. Check out the box set uh, that Q was talking about. Really, It's good. a really great box set. And another little just related thing, for the first time ever, I've had this bootleg DVD um, of the Jackson's variety show which ah, was like, yeah. yeah, the brothers and, and the sisters. So it's like the Jackson brothers and the Jackson sisters. And it's awesome. Like I've only got through a few of the episodes on disc one and I don't even know if disc two works because it wasn't loading the first time I tried it. So I might have to actually go and get a legitimate copy of it at some point. But I was didn't know what to expect. I haven't watched them before. I may have seen little clips here and there on YouTube or something like that. I didn't know what to expect, and it's so 70s. Yeah, the costumes. And it's so kitsch. Uh, very, very amazing costumes. So elaborate costumes um, for, for television. But it's got incredible stuff in it. And seeing Michael Jackson as a teenager performing is something we don't see much. And 
of course, he blows me away. But the brothers as well, like just you can see the the sort of the Motown work ethic that they grew up with and what Joseph instilled in them. Like those boys dancing, and not all of those boys are natural dancers either. Those boys dancing, um, like it's like watching a South Korean pop girl pop group <laughs> when they're when they're all like robots and completely, you know, completely in sync all the time. So but yeah, some of the songs hearing them live, they've changed the the you know the arrangement slightly and there's some funny moments as well. There's some really not funny moments, but there's some really funny moments also. So if you get a chance, have a look on YouTube or if you can find the DVD of it, the Jackson's Variety Show, it's it's another underrated gem and seeing Michael in a whole new way and, and the, the, the art from that time as well. Definitely. So, yeah, that was my find of the week. Great find. Awesome. So we got a few thank yous and a mailbag we're going to get through quickly. Thanks for joining us today on the MJ cast. Um, so just want to thank Raquel from Michael Jackson's United Nation International Fan Club. I hope that your um, big con- Michael Jackson convention was a huge success as well. Thank you, Denise Purcell, Mary Anthony in Melbourne. I know that you listen all the time, so thank you very much. Karen O'Halloran in Sydney of the MJ Book Club. Thank you for making the MJ Book Club and all you did for Michael over his birthday and all the time. Julie Windsor in Perth for helping me organise the Perth lunch. Sarah Angus in Adelaide, one of um, the few of our listeners who consistently uses the hashtag Today I Heard MJ. So don't forget we have a hashtag. <laughs> if you're in, if wherever you are, you know when you hear that in the breeze in the distance, the beat of rock with you. There you go. Hashtag today I heard MJ on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Thank you to Gaston Franco and Dublin Proud, um, to Deb and Kathy for commenting on the blog um, after episode 15, our Brad Sunderberg special we did last, which was a great show. So thank you for your comments and feedback. Um, on Facebook, thank you to Maddie B. Fly, Carol Crawford Anderson, Azza, one of our favourites, um, Alessandro Gaudiolsi, Adrian Prosen, Jay Hoffman, Maria Flage, Sandra De La Vega Anderson, Jason Allen. Your film is incredible, and I'll be sharing that very shortly. Verna Gold, Eduardo Ferreira as well. And did you want to do the mailbag, Jamin? What's a mailbag? Well, so we got some mail. <laughs> I don't know what a mailbag. I don't know you, what that is. You mean inbox, don't you? You're like, what? Yeah, no, I'm like, what's inbox? a mailbag? Uh, we got some <laughs> mail from Betty Lou from the Netherlands, Wendy Baker from Canada, uh, Rushen from South Africa, D. Francis for sending us copies of Linton Guest's book, The Trials of Michael Jackson, and a 13 June 2005 t-shirt. Also, Sandra Fakus of the MJ Story Quilt uh, for making and sending us a quilt square of our MJ cast logo. Uh, it's it's apparently in the mail to me now, uh, coming over from Perth. I promise. I posted <laughs> it uh, Thursday. So, um, so it's all – I put the, the book, um, the Linton guest book, and the T-shirt from D. Francis. Thank you so incredibly much. You're so beautiful and so generous. Um, yeah. So that and the incredible MJ story quilt square of our logo, which is just – 
blown me away and I'm so moved by that. Of course, we spoke about the MJ story quilt in earlier shows. We've linked to that. We'll link it again in our current show notes. She's currently doing um, that. Sandra, of course, is uh, currently making squares of um, MJ films and film appearances. So there's like Moonwalker and The Wiz and things like that. Even The Miss Castaway. Yeah, so thank you so much for making that for us. I'm so moved because I know that you could be using your time creating your works of art and and yet you made us a little square. And thank you so much for listening. Um, big supporter of, of your beautiful artwork. Absolutely. It's to, it's completely just moving. Thinking about what some of these people like Dee Francis have done for us and, and Sandra as well, it's it's beautiful. Um, you know, we, put, we do put a lot of effort and, and work into the show and when people you know, respond so positively by, by sending us things like that. It just, it leaves me real speechless. So thank you. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for tuning into the MJ cast. Jamin, you're going to be singing that song going places because you like that feeling you get when you're on your jet. Oh, you're going places. Well, I'm going places in a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, yeah, this is, yeah, kind of important, I guess, to tell people. But I'm, I'm out of here. I'm out of the country. I'm running an international excursion for uh, my history students at the school I work at. We're going overseas. We're going to Italy, Greece, Germany, and Poland for. Wow. Yeah, we're going for just under a month. Uh, going to lots of different historical locations as a part of the study we do at our high school. So I will be gone, and I won't be on the MJ Cast for you know around a few weeks. So I'm going to leave everything in the very capable hands of Q uh, while I'm away. Uh, and he's I am freaking out. <laughs> freaking out. He's, he's going to do a great job, just like he did on the Brad Sunderberg show. And uh, hopefully we'll have an episode to come out while I'm overseas. Uh, Q will be at the helm, uh, hopefully with a guest. All going well with our wonderful, wonderful friend, Dan Villalobos who will be the technical director of the show because I'm <laughs> I'm still learning that stuff. I've just learned how to use a toaster. It's very complicated to toast bread. Um, it's That's about the limit of my technological expertise. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, until, until I return in about five weeks' time, I hope everybody still continues to enjoy the show. It's going to be a great episode with Q and Dan coming up soon. But thank you, everyone, for listening to our show today. We hope you got a kick out of it. Make sure to, to visit themjcast.com. Check us out on our social network. Subscribe to the show. Uh, review our show on iTunes. And until next time, keep Michaeling. <laughs> <laughs>